It's August 15, 2021, and you can't spell sex appeal without this episode of Misinformed Nation, which would be episode 11. Joining us, hide your fun holes, hide your wife's fun holes, it's John Fletcher from Hog Story. Hi. Wolf of KC, Kansas City, Sir Spencer, prounces on all in. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. I said, oh, I said prance, but I mean, I meant to say prance. Maybe I'll prance. <laughs> <laughs> and talking like an idiot as always, this is Booberry, Mothman in the Miniocalypse. I know you're half retarded. Thank you, thank you, I... Needed to be uh, reminded of that. <laughs> I had one too many shots as a kid growing up, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And I forgot. Shots in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. There's shots to the back of the head. How about that? Oh. I may or may not have grown up with information that may or may not lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. Oh, we're going to do that. Kind of a short episode today, huh? Okay. <laughs> It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Well, speaking of bold moves, I also forgot to shout out Bowl After Bowl. This is a show that Sir Spencer is joining us from. Oh, yes. Uh, trying to clean up my act a little bit, but it bowl is Bowl After Bowl. Of no use. I will never yeah, change. You know. <laughs> uh, you guys doing all right? Yeah. Uh, doing great. Super. Super duper. Well, cool. I, um, I'm going to start with my off-stream show. This show comes from a YouTuber that I've watched for many, many years. And when I saw the announcement, I was fairly stoked because I've always really appreciated the sort of humor and sort of content that this guy's put out. Just to give you a, the briefest of taste of uh, the sort of material that um, James here produces, are either of y'all familiar with the Angry Video Game Nerd? Nope. I am not. Well, I'm gonna, I'm going to give you just uh, two tastes, just two little nibbles of his rants. Cowabunga! Cow a fucking piece of dog shit. This game is diarrhea coming out of my dick. This game is as appealing <laughs> as a fucking ooze infested, dirty fucking sewer rat shit. I've had more fun playing with dog turds. Shredders my ass and splinters my balls. This game is an inside out asshole regurgitating putrid anal fecal matter. I'd rather fucking yank all the hairs out of my scrotum. I'd rather drink diarrhea vomited out of a buffalo's anus. It sucking fucks. It fucking sucks. It fucking blows. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> And I don't like it. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And the production company is known as Cinemassacre, and that's uh, James Rolfe is his name. He plays the angry video game nerd. He has been making movies and short-form content on the Internet forever and a day. He, had, he did have a movie come out a couple of years ago, and it was about his escapades trying to reach the landfill where all of the remaining... Uh, Atari cartridges of the game E.T. were found at, right? <laughs> uh, are either of y'all fans of Godzilla? I love a Godzilla. Yeah, here's, oh, Godzilla. Here's Wrong a good, time. Here's a good one of uh, his Godzilla rant. <sighs> Instead, I have to grow up with these miserable pieces of shit fucking anal jugs. 
These games suck Baragon sweaty ball sack. I'd rather get an electric shock from sucking Mechagodzilla's mechanical wiener. These games are shit drizzling out of the smog monster's rancid putrid a-hole. And then being swallowed and barfed up by Angerus while I lay on his spikes getting Gigant's buzzsaw up my ass. While Desodroya dumps his diabolical diarrhea all over my face. Man, it's just a bunch of fuck. It's a pile of cunt. Fuck. Shit. Fuck. Cunt. Fuck. God damn it. I just said fuck from the bottom of my heart and I said every curse that there is. There's nothing left. So you know what? Somebody's got to invent a new curse word. I think I got it. This game, these fucking games are... Oh yeah. It's that bad. That's where I should have inserted the uh, joke about having information that may or may not lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they announced that they had a podcast coming out, and I got pretty excited about it uh, because I I really appreciate the sort of work that he's been doing. It might be sophomoric, but I really dig it. And you would think that with how epic this intro is for their show that – there would be some some hype behind it, right? Yeah. You would think. Get your ear holes ready to be filled. It's time for the Cinemassacre Podcast. Every Tuesday, the guys behind Cinemassacre talk about movies, games, music, their lives, and all the -the behind-the-scenes crap that goes into making videos. It's the -the off-the-cuff banter from Rental Reviews and James and Mike Monday, mixed with an AVGN panel. And now, the hosts with the most, James, Kieran, and Justin. All right, boys, let's rock. I'm going to fuck your fun wow. hole. Wow. You really brought it. Brought the heat, man. And I... I just, it's just... It's too bad that the host is, like, so reserved and doesn't really feel... After that intro, the ability to kind of let out how he really feels. He's, like... Feels like he's holding back, you know? Wow. <laughs> in a shell. He's in a shell. Yeah. It's like he is afraid to, like, upset the, the you know, video game companies who made these things. Now, I really wanted to like this show, but it's about as dry as Adam Curry going toast, toast, toast for an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, I, he's, he's had some new people join his um, menage a trois over the past couple of years. Kieran and Justin, uh, they used to do a show called Rental Reviews and like another Let's Play channel. No chemistry. No... Charisma? No. It's just like, hey, we all ended up having to be in the same room together at the same time, and there just happened to be this camera recording. <laughs> um, so I, I, they do talk about some rather interesting pieces of pop culture. Uh, like, I didn't realize that there was this new Teenage Ninja Mutant Turtle comic out. Uh, I, I don't know if the second part is out yet. But uh, I was reading The Last Ronin, which is uh, mm-hmm. it's this story in Ninja Turtles, but it's set in the future and all the turtles are dead except for one. And they were all killed by Shredder's like grandson. And now there's the last turtle is going on this like one way suicide mission to just murder 
the, yeah, and, the, you're, and you're and, not sure who the and, last yeah, turtle and is. The thing is, he wears a black mask, but he has all of their weapons. So he has, you know, the, the bow staff, the katanas, the size, and the nunchucks, and a grappling hook, and he has ninja stars. So you don't know who he is until the end of the first issue. I got the feeling, like he spoiled it, he goes on to say, oh, I'm not going to spoil it in case you want to read it. Um, would you all like my interpretation of what he just said there? Because I, yes. I think he did spoil it. I think he spoiled it by stating the bow staff first before the katana. Because, I mean, not to be like, um, I don't want to be elitist. I was never a big fan of Teenage Ninja Mutant Turtles, but Leonardo being the sort of de facto leader, I feel like if you were to list out all the turtles, a lot of people, maybe people would start with their favorite one. Who knows? But it just struck me as strange that he would start with the bow staff over the katanas. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was a Donatello fan. Well, maybe he has no friends. I mean, myself, I had the Donatello uh, <laughs> action figure. That was the one I had. You know, I didn't really have a lot to do with the Ninja Turtles. I played the Ninja Turtle pinball machine at the local pizza joint, and I had a little Donatello, and you could push his head down in the shell, and then you could squeeze his legs, and it would like pop up. Boing. Oh, shit, I had those too, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a little older than you guys. I had a fuck ton of Ninja Turtle toys, and... Uh, those were my favorites. I had Michelangelo was my personal favorite. I know you didn't ask, but I figured I'd tell you anyway. No, I had some where um, <laughs> always had, sharing had, that information <laughs> without my permission. I know. I'm sorry. I gotta ask for consent first before I <laughs> blow it all over you. How dare you assume we give a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> there are just so many cool turtle toys. <laughs> The only time I got to play with uh, TMNT uh, action figures was when I was visiting with my therapist. So I got a strange relationship with them. Show me on the shell where they touched you. (laughs) I can't get my finger inside of it. It's molded plastic. (laughs) (laughs) Do turtles have the same parts as boys? Oh, man. (laughs) Do uh, do you want to hear about a new Batman movie that's came out as of as of late? Always. I, I want to hear anything that's came. Um, I saw. I finally saw those animated um, '60s Batman movies they did before Adam West died. I and they, still got to watch those. Yeah. So Adam West does the voice. Burt Ward. You know they they got uh, Julie Newmar's Catwoman. Cool. Um, and then um, they got William Shatner as Two Face. So they finally got uh, Adam West and William Shatner to fight each yeah. other. Animated and voices, of course. But you know it's cool that they finally did that. Yeah, I mean, it's really good because um, cause there's, there's two of them. And I remember, I think I liked the first one actually a little better. Um, Batman turns evil in it for a little while. Oh, yeah. But it feels like it, it fits into the 60s show. Like, it it feels just like you're watching another episode, but as a movie, mm-hmm. uh, it's great. Not, I, I don't want to be too harsh. I don't really have anything to be hypercritical over for this this episode. It is their first one. But something tells me it's going to stay this whole like same energy for every episode because I've seen other work that they've done. There was something just kind of laying it out there like, oh, yeah, you know, it's kind of great. You couldn't tell it was great because I'm just pretty flat about it. But trust me, it's great. Yeah, you're just going to have to trust my opinion that I saw it and it was good that I enjoyed it. It was it was, it was definitely cool to see William Shatner and Adam West in the same production. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, they, they, I've listened. I listened to this thing twice, and I can like 
I know that they talked about the things here in these clips. They talked about what they read over the pandemic, what uh, what movies they watched, cartoons. They talked about a band that they had started for a little bit, but the rest of it, I got no idea. There was one bit that I got triggered over, and this is Uh-oh. when it comes to playing music. 20 years ago or so, I've practiced drums and all kinds of instruments. Uh, drums I picked up first because I kind of thought that would be the easiest. I was wrong. That's kind of what I yeah. did. I went into, like, you know, like in elementary school, they force you into band or chorus or orchestra. And I took band and did percussion because it was just the easiest. That's what I thought because I was like, well, it's a percussion instrument. You're not really, uh, there's no notes per se. Mm-hmm. But uh, drums, it's like you're the, the you're the backbone of the whole thing. It's like if you uh, you know go off time at all, you screw everybody up. Yeah. So drums is actually kind of the biggest oh. responsibility in a way. Well, I mean, going um, from playing a bass drum in a marching band or whatever to playing a full kit is like completely different. Well, you drums, know? You, drums used to signal soldiers when to fight each other too. Mm. That's what they used them for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like a civil war. Yeah, the guys like, are like doo, 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 yeah. doo, 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 and yeah. they would be like, shoot your muskets right now. <laughs> What kind of drum was that? That was a cool drum he was playing. Well, you know, this is going to be a full-blown fact check, at least for the American Revolution. This motherfucker has no goddamn idea what he's fucking talking about. And it goes something like this. Prime and load! I feel fucking triggered! Make ready! Take aim! Fire! That's how it goes. Nice. <laughs> I'm glad you could enlighten us because that's. It's like I don't. I'm not trying to be coy here. Like these things actually matter, you know. Yeah. No, I it's, didn't. Uh, uh, I didn't know that either. Uh, and that's kind of neat. And you can't really. It's it's tough over great, those great distances to shout the commands, right? And I oh, guess yeah. you would also. Well, Maybe not not, not only are you the enemy overhearing your commands, right? But you're you're also using those for like dinner calls for um right uh for the oh my god I'm I'm gonna now, fuck up the word. Did but the it's, bugle stuff come later, or was that like a cavalry yeah. specific thing? Or I know the bugle stuff came came later. Um, and I'm, I'm I was just reading some shit about that the other day about the guy that wrote a bunch of those uh, bugle calls. Um, no, that that did come later, and that was in the 1800s or so. Makes sense. I like that's how I was raised up at scout camp. We did like the mess hall call and the mm-hmm. call to mm-hmm. the flag, you know, every morning, the flag ceremony, all that kind of stuff. Oh, the muster. Go to, go, to, go to bed taps song and all that. Yeah. I've got a whole record full of bugle calls too. Wow. I, it's so, so cool. It's not really. It's actually in poor shape when I got it. So it sounds like crap. Hmm. I bet that won't stop you from spinning it though. Oh, no, no. When has that ever stopped me with anything? Right, right, right. Ah, Reveille, yes, Cotton Gin. Re- yeah, revel- Revelry, Reveille. Reveille. Uh, I was never that good. I was a drummer. Uh, my dad played drums. My, my sister and mother were fifers. Uh, still are, actually. Um, so I did a lot of music for the American Revolution reenacting sorts of shit. Uh, do you guys have any interest to hear what they have to say about the bass guitar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> then I tried bass after that. And uh, bass I found really hard because, you know, everybody usually says, whoa, if you, you know, 
if like if you know guitar you can play bass bass is easier right i'm like okay well four strings all right um bass is pretty damn hard i think yeah, because so the strings are so thick and it puts so much pressure on your fingers like i, I play bass and like my fingers hurt so bad from just trying to um press Aww. it down to get to hit the note right you know mm-hmm. what i mean what so i i either uh you know am not pressing it down and i'm hitting like dead notes or i'm like just tearing apart my fingers so then i moved on to guitar after that and once i did that i was like oh yeah this is where it's at because um rhythm guitar i don't yeah. do a uh, lead yeah so i think everything i do is uh, uh based in rhythm in some way or another um but once i did that i just felt like you know this is so much fun man uh and then it was just a matter of what do you want to play i mean bass is, bass is literally in the rhythm section buddy yeah yeah, <laughs> and if you gotta press down that hard on your bass, I mean, get your action adjusted by a professional. You got weak fingies, bud. Everybody, knows or you got now. weak fingies. You know, do some hand <laughs> exercises uh, that don't involve just jerking your dick. You can't <laughs> get those uh, those those squeeze things. You know what I'm talking about? I just saw those with all of the mountain climber stuff. They've got them on the clearance aisle at Walmart right now. Oh yeah, they don't no. sell that great. Little handsprings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They and they do the ones work you pull for, apart from yourself or whatever. You got the five fingy holes. Maybe I don't know. Perhaps just practice more. Yeah, know. like I said, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much I'm going to be coming back to this podcast. <laughs> First episode, maybe, maybe give it some time. That's the harshest thing I've ever heard you say about a show on this show. <laughs> Maybe like, we'll circle back my, to it later. <laughs> my eyebrows are on the top of my head right now. <laughs> I cannot believe it. I know. The I strings are just so thick. So thick. That's why his body <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> the bass. Yeah, that'll get you, man. Those are dangerous. They're heavy. The strings are thick. And, uh, you know, I got to practice. Um, I got a bass over there. I'm looking at it. It's at the other end of the room. But if you Just would like. Looking at you. If you I, can, like, I can push the strings. You hammer them down. Mm-hmm. They hurt your hands. You, you get you get a little callous sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my know. skin. My sensitive skin. Oh, my God. I had to go. Dum, 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 dum. But then he moved to rhythm guitar, which apparently is not in the rhythm section. Right. Well, I guess guy. he's not playing steel strings or anything, you know, or acoustic, probably electric, wouldn't you think? Yeah. He oh, gives yeah, the yeah. softest touch. He goes possible. in to talk about uh, picking up an SG and he was learning a lot of time. Uh, Tony Iommi. Tone, like, tuned like two steps down, maybe? Probs. Uh, yeah. He, he actually. Uh, Reference the Masters of Reality album. He tuned his guitar to the same tuning as that one, mm. uh, which could oh, be yeah. half step down, whole step. I think, yeah, I think it was a whole step. The downest. It could have even been in D flat. Oh shit! I know. Uh, but if anybody else would like to come check that show out, it's the Cinemassacre podcast, and um, no I'm matter to come, no matter where you go to listen to it, you're gonna find advertisements. So enjoy yourself. Oh, oh yay! Yeah, wow, everybody's beating feet right over there right now. <laughs> I know for the ads, you sold the shit out of it. <laughs> I listened to it twice, and I was like, "Fuck, I should have been taking notes because I don't even know what else they talked about." <laughs> 
That's awesome. Nice. <laughs> but realistically, I do, I do really, really like the AVGN stuff. Uh, for for someone making videos in his basement, I thought he had a lot of creative appro- approaches of how to say that this game sucked ass straight out of my asshole. That, yeah, he was. Uh, he was on point on that for sure. And you are, after all, I mean, you're going to come across some podcasts that maybe miss the mark because you're the rain man of podcasting. This is true. This is verifiably a fact. So you got to listen to them all, all (laughs) over four million of them now. Yeah. Four and a half million, something like that. You can get there, though. You're already at like two and a quarter, right? You know, I I got a couple under my belt. I, I don't like to brag about it. Um, listen to 2x speed but also listen to other podcasts while you're doing your own podcast yeah right earbud has one podcast left earbud has other podcasts right in show notes i know you're you you're kicking I, some serious ass over there i Bruce. would be remiss if i if i didn't come out and admit to having various streams on at any given time while working on clips yeah. uh, this is a fact it's kind of splitting your brain right down the middle <laughs> Maureen and I finally figured a clever way to just have the because uh, the um, C Mike has on like semi permanent loan to us his Zoom H4N or whatever they call it recorder mm. and oh, yeah. uh, so we just have that like right by the laptop upstairs so if we're watching a movie we can just rewind plug it in take a clip keep watching oh that's cool yeah so hopefully hopefully it freshens up the uh, clippage. I should have been doing that for all this fucking anime I've been watching. Shit. It's true! Uh, my on-stream show, you're going to like this one. My on-stream show, I enjoyed it so much that not only did I go back for a second pass through it, but I also pulled out a journal and one of my favorite fancy fucking pens. Whoa. I know. This is not a uh, paid advertisement, but uh, Le Pen, it's super tiny. It's got like a felt tip to it. It writes super bold with almost no pressure, and it just it makes me feel like a fucking champion when I go back to read over my notes. I'm like, how's the oh, uh, god damn how, that's bold? How's, how's the bleed through? Is, can you use both sides of the paper? Or? Both sides, bro. Nice. It's like that's a, the key to those felt tips is uh, the bleed through. I'm, I, I've got no judgment then, man. It's a it's a um, like a invitation writing pen. Hold on. Oh I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll even, or a thank you note. Type of pen? Yes. Like, please, please come. <laughs> That's looking pretty good. I appreciated your come last time. It would be great if you came again. <laughs> RSVP <laughs> if you wish to come. RSVC. <laughs> nice. I don't even have to know French to know that that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't know French. <laughs> The only French I know is Tabernacle. Tabernacle. Let's oh. see. So I'm going to, uh, I guess I should just let the cat out of the bag. I went and I pulled clips from episode 100 of Up is Down with Dean Reiner. Hey, Nice. Have you all cool. checked this one out? I, Not it's episode on my, 100, no. Yeah, it's on my radar. I knew that he just came out with that. Yeah, and past, he, what, was it a couple weeks ago? Uh, this past week, and he actually did. He did two within this past week, week and a half. Was that um, the one that Mister Kirby was on, Mister Abel Kirby? I know he recently talked to Dean, but I hadn't seen it in the description yet. Maybe that's still yet to be released. I don't know. 
You know, he actually mentioned that conversation at the end of this episode, but he said that it was still in his uh, to-do folder. Gotcha. Okay, it's in the hopper. So I don't know if episode 101, which I found out was released this morning when I, or yesterday evening when I went to go download this episode, I'd seen he had released it. So it might be the one with Abel Kirby. I, I am not sure. Um, this is a, just a fucking knocked it out of the park ordeal. Um, that's but, awesome. Everybody seems to be hitting 100 like within the same month. It's kind of crazy how many shows are like all doing hundreds. Oh, yeah. something in the air. Ours is a week from Tuesday will be our 100th. What? Yeah. And Chris had his last week. And uh, Dean put his out last week. The Hogs wow, had their wild, two, wild time. They had their 200th. I mean, that's it. Yeah, the double century. Double Z's. Yeah. Double C's. So it's getting exhausting, I must say. <laughs> well, this one, uh, this episode with uh, Dean was, um, it was a little less on the listener participation side. <laughs> Less so thankfully for the audience <laughs> thankfully for the audience so we had... uh, which not to get too side tangenty but i know what i'm going to pull for next time i'll go i'll go ahead and spoil it i don't give a shit i was listening to, to a little bit of nick the rat after no agenda today mm-hmm. and it was the one from wednesday and when my ears perked up it was the whole <laughs> gag where we called into the Nick the Rat show. Yeah. <laughs> Just drive I by in my boner. Drive by yelling out the window like a fucking frat house in a party bus. <laughs> Dvorak was right again. <laughs> He's got to get that blurb. Well, let me uh, let me hit you with this uh, up is down intro. Uh, let me talk about some zombies. I'm going to talk about cults, and then I'm going to talk about uh, honestly. I have to talk about the vaccine. Um, cause that's all there is. And I, I know, I know you guys, I said, I wasn't going to go, I wasn't going to do it, but man, I don't know if you've noticed as well as I've noticed, they have really cranked up the machine on this thing. And just in the last couple of weeks, and it started maybe a month ago with particular people, particular loud mouths, minority voices that are louder than anyone else, um, that are shouting what should be done. What should be done? This is what we should this is how we should proceed. This is what we should do with those, the other, the hostile other. So he spends the majority of this episode in a couple of veins. He's got the cult conversation, the zombie conversation, and the meme conversation. That's sort of the three um, central ideas. Uh, he's breaking down both sides of the great unzipping, as we refer to it on Behind the Schemes, um, where both extremes to either side uh, with with people, normal people, sort of stuck in the middle. Because I don't think any of us here are to the degree of, like, screaming in people's faces because they tell us to put a mask on, right? We might tell them to fuck off, but we're not going to continue to go out of our way to harass them. Nor are we people that no. are, and we'll get into this a little bit later, nor are we people that have been baptized in this new ideology with the vaccines right well part of being a person who wants to be left alone is that you also extend that graciousness to others <laughs> treat mm-hmm. others as you would like to be treated yeah what what <laughs> <laughs> i know it's a little bit radical for this this podcast but come and say go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, the oh, sorry, one of the uh, bigger comparisons throughout is uh, it's this horde of zombies come from either side. The so central idea is the middle pillar. Uh, from which you could see both sides with their religious feverence. Uh, this includes those inside of the conspiracy-minded state. Um, uh, the hostile other, uh, that fear of threats within the woods that you can't see, that's uh, that's how a lot of this narrative from both sides is perpetrated. It's uh, continued on by always getting people to remain fearful and, and hate. It's like... Who are they? You know, it's like it's always you know they're trying to run this over and they control the Federal Reserve and they and they and they did nine eleven. It's like, well, who are they? It's the hostile other. It's that fear of uh, fear of the enemy. Um, another another really fun point that he brings up is this uh, cult of one. So instead of finding yourself um, aligning with any sort of specific ideology or specific side, he's like. You just got to go make a cult of yourself. Uh, make a make the cult of one. Drink your own Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> well, spoiler alert: mine tastes like a healthy mix of lemonade and grape. A little tangy, a mm-hmm. little sweet. Oh, uh, this is an example of drinking your own Kool Aid. Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? No. <laughs> But I do it anyway because it's sterile and I like the taste. Cult of one. That's how a man talks, son. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll hit you guys with uh, some of his conversation on the two camps or the two sides. It's getting harder and harder and harder every single day to remain yeah, in the middle, to have a place on the middle pillar. And why so I think hard. that is important to have a place in the middle pillar is that you can see the narrative and you can see the unfolding and the unraveling of the new way from both sides. And when you, if you look at it through the lens of occultic activities, you can see that there is no distinction between the two cults, whether it's the fake partisan us against them, good guys versus bad guys, or it's the scientism believers or the scientism deniers. Those who think that COVID is just a massive hoax and those that think that coronavirus is the worst thing that's ever happened in the world and it's all Trump's fault. If No, no matter which side of that you are on, and it's all about sides, it is all about polarity, division, and partisanship. But no matter which one you are on, you are in just as much of a cult as the other one. You are just as much of a cultist as the other one. And I'm speaking to all of us out here in so-called conspiracy land, all of us uh, freedom-appreciating, liberty-minded, free-thinking, critical-thinking conspiracy people who have seen through the last hundreds of years, if not thousands, that the entire construct of Western civilization is, in fact, a construct, a deception, a ploy with false flag and gaslighting abounding left and right forever to split your mind asunder. I'm speaking to all of us over here. We are also in the same kind of cult because we fear the hostile other. We have our own supreme leaders. Their word is God, and we try to recruit as many people as we can, a la waking people up. I can't really argue. What's all this? What's all this wee shit, though? I don't know. It, one of the things that he brings up is uh, he, he talks about, and this is early in the episode, he talks about a meetup that he does. Uh, it's not a no-agenda meetup. It's um, one of the freedom meetups. I, I don't remember the name of the group, but uh, he I think he does have... How do I phrase this? 
I see where he's coming at with the groups, but I no, also definitely it's it's a good idea to always check yourself and uh, you know see if you're falling to dogmatic fallacies like most of like partisans do. Because oh, yeah. you claim to be nonpartisan and then you fall into fallacies. I mean, I think all of us who are honest with ourselves have been caught up doing it. But yeah. like that's kind of been my recent take on all of this. The shit, you know, everyone wants to talk about the Rona and the clampdowns, and now Afghanistan's getting taken over by the Taliban and all this shit, right? But people's minds are made up, you know? And if they change, they're going to change. I'm definitely not really on the evangelical train of any sort of thought, you know? I've always been interested in a lot of other opinions and, and perspectives, but everybody's is unique, really. And uh, I just try to, like, Especially lately, I've just tried to back off the assertions. If I hear something really wild or off the off the chain that I don't agree with, I'll just be like, "Oh yeah, wow, that's what you think," you know. But as far as trying to wake people up, uh, I'm not the guy. No way, no how. Like uh, the more people sleeping, or the more people that can't see me. And so there's a safety in letting people sleep. I think, especially in weird times like this, like you know. I'll see you after the big whatever is going to happen. And uh, I hope you make it. I like, hmm. I genuinely hope everybody else makes it. That's all. But in the meantime, enjoy your nap. And yeah, fuck. You don't want to wake up and look at this shit. <laughs> I, got, I got two two thoughts about that. First, to kind of go back to this idea of like staying by yourself, this cult of one, um, not falling for either side. I do feel like it would be a lonely fight to try and do by yourself. So I, for me personally, I think the the idea of community really lends itself here because now you have this like loosely related co not coalition but you get this loose net of like just relationships to build information upon or to s- just strengthen those bonds, uh, spread yeah. information around. And the other point. Oh, I lost it. Oh, I lost it. What oh, was what, what was that you were just talking about, Spencer? The um, let let sleeping dogs lie. I guess. Oh, um, yes. No, nobody changes their mind, you know. I I think that the new world order or the new world order. No, sorry, the new world order um, is getting people to wake up for them. So I think there's a there's enough like vitriol being spread around that people are going out of their way without being told to do this by any government agency or any health department. Uh, One example I can think of is going on to the professional roadie feedback groups and see people are making lists of each other for anyone that comes out and says anything that is deemed anti-vax where they're getting added to a do not hire list. That's mm-hmm. that sort of actionable waking up that I feel like people are, are doing for scientism. And to say that, I guess, puts me into the anti-scientism camp. So I've already filled the school's assignment for today. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's wild because it's like a big, fat conundrum you're in, right? Like, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Like, every action we take, every sentence that comes out of our mouths, even if we're alone in a room and nobody else hears it, we're talking to ourselves like it's all a choice and so 
it's hard to just be like, oh, I'm unplugging and not taking a side. It's also hard to just remain asleep because, you know, you as a person who's paying attention to what's going on and has a memory longer than a goldfish, you know, you can kind of see that it's the same bullshit getting pulled on us time and time again. Oh, speaking but, on speaking on the memory, I can't wait for people to have those flashbacks on Facebook from last year when they were and, championing Cuomo. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Dean's absolutely right. You know, um, I know I'm, I sound like I'm pushing back because I don't know. I'm not like I guess I don't feel like the target audience for a statement like that. But that doesn't mean I've never been. You know, and uh, he's right. You know, like. We have to have, if we're going to have this supposed community, or if you have, you know, you have a group of people, and who knows if the worst comes and, you know, we have to band together against some kind of a force that wants to extinguish us, let's say, you're going to have to, you know, be arm in arm with uh, people that think different things than you, or, you know, people who have a different perspective at the very least, because we all have unique perspectives. So I think that now is sort of the time to try and bridge gaps and not worry too much about like where you came from or how you got to where you're at, but just try to meet people where they are at, you know, mm. and start pan, plan, uh, uh, planning our the diff- path forward. All of our differences and all of our opinions are so like highlighted right now in little nuances, you know, it's like infighting and outfighting and nothing but fighting and clash. And it's like, uh, I don't know. You know, we don't we don't want to have everything split from us regular people because at the end of the day, thank you. Uh, <laughs> we are it's just regular ass people without power versus a few people who have extra concentrated power, and so we're gonna have to get over this sort of false division just because of like how we what our voting history was essentially is what it boils down to. You know, yeah, a lot of the time, yeah. Yeah, imagine if you had to walk around in a shirt that blasted that information out everywhere. <laughs> right. Well, many people drive around in, in such uh, situations. Yeah, with all that's of it true. Stuck to the back of the ass of the end of their car, you know. In tiny font at that. If you're going to make a bumper sticker <laughs> right. of something you're proud of, make the I, font bigger. I got to tailgate you just to find out why I hate you. It's like yeah. it's fucking irritating. <laughs> Well, I uh, I don't want to eat up the uh, the whole show. Um, I definitely recommend going to check this one out. I can't wait to go see what he did for the follow up for one on one. Instead of getting deeper into the notes, I'm just gonna go through real quick a couple of um, a, a lot of these are sentiments I've definitely heard before, but I, I've always dug the way that uh, Dean is able to put his own spin on stuff and uh, this first one is the vaccine gate Uh, so when we think about the vaccine um, think about it as a way of a baptism okay the cleansing of the unwashed Mm. uh, the heathen the heretical now uh, submitting to the way of light in the new way the new god and now taking place and taking uh, their their place in line and getting access through the gates. And when we talk about the vaccine passports, that's exactly what they fucking mean. It is you now have access to get through the gates of heaven or the gym or the donut shop or the movie theater or the subway or whatever, the cab, the bus, the school, soon everything, soon everything. Including, which we're going to be talking tomorrow on uh, Behind the Schemes about, concert venues. 
is Live Nation and AEG mm. have come out in support of um, most places. It's going to be a, <clears throat> a shot or a negative test. Some places are saying no negative test. You can only get in with the shot. I love that uh, analogy. Dean is such a brilliant dude in that sense. Because um, we've all heard like the science has become the religion of the left, but to take that one step further and say, you know, this vaccination is the baptism. It is a, it is their holy sacrament. It's like, uh, that's the evangelical movement right now is, have we, have you heard about our Lord and savior COVID vaccine? Oh yeah. Well this actually, I pulled this very clip for that reason. Consider how many times you see or hear every single day, anywhere you look or hear the equal statement, if you haven't already, please get vaccinated. If you have any questions about where or how you can have access to the healing waters, please find out. It's available for free anywhere you want. In fact, we'll pay you to get it. We care so much for your life. We are working around the clock tirelessly every day for your health and safety. Please go get baptized. And uh, like Cotton Jen is saying in The Smoker, uh, he goes way deeper into the baptism angle. I mean, he's got uh, loads of clips, and unlike um, our show and some other ones, he's I think he plays the majority majority of these out the whole way through. Some of them are five minutes. I think there was one that's 15 minutes. Um, it's a different flavor of show. I don't know if I would have the cojones myself to try and pull that off but i think with him being a solo guy it uh it lends itself to him in a, a more digestible way uh it's very cool i also really dig his fucking esoterica approach by way of alchemical transformation and magical processes and transmutation in the context of the mask being the magical talisman the only way to break the spell beyond the logic and the science and the Ouija board graphs is to destroy the mask, destroy the talisman, and you break the spell. Oh hell yeah, the talisman, mm. man! Mm-hmm. You guys, you guys ever read the talisman? I am unfamiliar. It's a it's a Stephen King book that he co-wrote with Peter Straub. That's uh, fantastic. Huh. It takes place like in a quasi version of the Gunslinger universe, sort of. There's like bleed over, but. It's pretty great. And the whole story is about how in order to save the whole world, this kid has to destroy a talisman. Hmm. has to travel from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast. It involves two different worlds that he's flipping in between. A lot of Stephen King books uh, involve traveling like that from one coast to another. You know, like The, the Stand uh, also mm-hmm. deals with that kind of stuff. Having to travel a great distance to, to do something uh, right. along those lines. The hero's epic journey. Yeah, yeah. That's well. The what Dean was talking about with the with the vaccine and um, uh, having to get it uh, and have the passport and everything. To me, a lot of this seems like uh, just like with the um, with the Affordable Care Act being pay off to the insurance companies for all the money they spent to help get Obama elected. This is pay off for all the money the pharmaceutical companies spent to help get Biden elected. And if this doesn't fly, you know, if this doesn't go over and people just don't participate, they'll find another way instead of a vaccine card, it'll be your, your insurance card and uh, your insurance company will start doing this kind of shit instead of where, 
Oh, looks like um, we're going to have to send a memo out to your electric company or your bank or whatever that you haven't received a checkup in over six months. So until you do, your debit card's not going to work. You're not going to be able to go to venues or anything. And at the checkup, that's, well, you know, you got to. You got to get all these up-to-date vaccinations, all your little updates and whatnot, and they'll just they'll just shift it to something uh, all-encompassing, more than just a sing- a singular uh, one-time vaccine. Because we know pharmaceutical companies don't play that one-time game. It's no. all about having lifetime customers. Yeah, you got to be a repeat repeat. Business. Yeah, for sure. And they they are definitely in cahoots with insurance companies, and that's where I see all of this going. And uh, a lot of it uh, is a distraction of just focusing on this one thing because, I mean, who, I, for one, don't like being told what to do. And um, that's part of the distraction is my uh, my reaction of being contrarian. You can't tell me to put on a fucking mask. You can't tell me what to put in my fucking arm. All that shit. But they're they're laying out plans for other stuff, bigger stuff, while we're all distracted with this one singular thing. Now, how how uh, down with you or what the idea are you of if we don't stop this first little step stuff, then the big stuff's going to roll out no matter what? Like, does it really matter? Does our resistance at the masks at the door translate into stopping this thing from ratcheting up? Or do you think it's just too late? Do you think it's going to be like, because where I'm at in the, you know, inner country away from the coasts, even the places where there are official mandates in place, people by and large ignore them. Uh, it's been in place yeah. here for two weeks. I have not been asked to follow it anywhere one time. And I have no interest in doing so. You know, if I was approached, I would make the case of staying six feet away, which is one of the, is a piece of the rules that they are supposedly implementing right now. But I would also just leave. I would say, you know, I'm sorry, I'll just I'll just leave. Yeah, but I'm not doing I'm, the mask thing for round two, but I'm not either. What uh, do you think that really has an effect, or is it going to matter? It has effect on on your your local space, the your immediate area, of course. Yeah. But in the in the grand scheme of things, no. Nah. I mean, they've been playing this long game of slowly taking more and more control from us about our personal lives uh, for a long time, man. Since uh, the early 1900s and before that, it's just yeah. been a steady erosion of personal freedom, personal liberty. And uh, no, ultimately, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but I don't think it matters as because their game is such a long one that the generation now of, of resistance is going to die. And uh, yeah, sure, we might be able to pass on some of that um, that mentality to uh, the generation under us, but. I think less and less people are going to do that, and with each generation, it's going to get less and less until nobody even knows uh, what the fuck personal liberty is. Yeah, it sucks, I kind of feel, but it kind, kind of, of seems like way. that. That's why I'm kind of turning into internally and just trying to make my own uh, lineage be one that like is taught the right way. You know? Yeah, because that's really all I can have control over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then everybody's like, you know, now I have three kids, and everybody's like. Oh yeah, you're kind of done, right? And we're both like, nah, <laughs> no. And people are st- people are starting to get concerned now. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like three. We're just getting we're getting rolling, you know. You got three, 
but I want a shitload of grandkids. You know what I mean? Like just a bunch. Fuck oh, yeah. yeah. Just a bunch. I think have all be... of them tell stories about Grandpa Spence. Bah! Grandpa Spence! Bunch of stories. Can't believe them stories. <laughs> well, that's why you gotta go listen to the podcast. He did this crazy thing <laughs> called a podcast. Did you it's believe, all... like, back in the early days of the internet, people used to say whatever they wanted? It's all true. It's on MP3. You can check it. <laughs> See, I, I get... I'm, I'm, I'm actually, like, way more... Black pilled, I think, than I realized up until that 100th episode of Chris's show. And I started thinking about all the conversations that were going on, and I just I get to thinking that if we have to have this conversation right now of whether or not it's too late, it's already probably too late. <laughs> right point there, yeah. it feels uh, <laughs> feels icky for sure. Um, I think I our, mean it's too late for Kabul, but is it too late for? Uh, Missouri. Is it too late for Texas? You know, uh, it's just these how, are the kind of things that think that I think I'm just kind of grateful for where I am on the planet right now. For sure, but I know. think where you are just depends on how long it's going to take. Like places in the middle of the country are probably going to take a little longer, but eventually, unless unless an act of God happens, you know, then I think it's uh, it's going down the path. I mean, it's already set. Yeah, and either way, like. Our bodies are going to be the keys, whether we play into the medical fascist state where you have to get this sh- medical treatment done for you to gain entry or or you produce offsprings that are able to breathe fresh air, motherfucker, and think freely. Um, it's one of the two. And I think Spencer's right. We just all got to start having a shitload of kids. <laughs> <laughs> start cranking them out. We're gonna fuck the new order, new world order away. We need babies. <laughs> all right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it uh, wrap it there. Unless y'all um, had any last minute thoughts for uh, episode 100 of Up Is Down, with Dean Reiner. It's a beautiful show, guys. Guys, a brilliant podcaster for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I concur. Well, I think it was uh, Spencer. You want to roll up next? Oh, all right. I suppose uh, I can let this beast out of the box here. Um, <laughs> so we were speaking a bit about um, how it seems we're letting little minuscule differences in opinions tear us asunder. And I uh, also thought of appropriate on this misinformed nations kind of like a, a piece where we can talk about what's going on in the in the in a stream community and nothing's going on harder in the past couple of weeks than the than the end of grumpy old ben's mm. and the whole saga behind it and i just wanted Big to kind of pick your guys's brains about it and see what the future holds maybe or you know if there may be no answer but you know it's funny because we haven't really talked about it on our show, A, because we didn't feel like it was the place, you know, and it's not like with the format that we usually do, so it wouldn't really make sense, uh, and it's also kind of ongoing, so it's kind of like, okay, when do we say something about it, what do we say about it, you know, I the only thing I've really said much of is just in the troll room in temporary times, you know, so I think uh, what would maybe be beneficial is at least from this point mid-August to just lay out the timeline as best we can in the clip show style 
uh, and start with a show that did have the balls to talk about it right away. Um, I guess to to get into it first, it was the 2nd of August on a Monday show, and basically what happened was Harry Hamster got banned for life from the troll room for attacking Bimrose. Bimrose banned him, and then Darren O basically said, I can't take you seriously anymore as a anti-authoritarian free speech type of guy since you ban Harry Hamster. We shouldn't do the show today. And then that kind of that was the second. That was that was where I was at and like the things I saw roll out uh in the troll room on that Monday. And then Rare Encounter with the big balls on him decided to talk about it right away 2 days later on their Wednesday show on the 4th of August. So uh click Take one is that. Take out your balls. <laughs> Well, we had some uh, some podcast news. You want to go through it? Yeah. So, so the grumpy old sad, has- sad but true. Grumpy old grumpy Benz old- is on hiatus. The grumpy old has Benz. Has Benz. Oh, there you go. Jesus. I've been working on that one. You like that one? <laughs> Too soon? Not for these guys. Grumpy old has Benz. No, and uh, I don't think they're really gone. But I did check and see if Harry Hamster is still banned. And as of six thirty p.m. today. Harry Hamster is still banned from No Agenda. Uh, the, he was the unbanned for a while, but then after he popped back in, I guess Sir Bemrose noticed and rebanned him for ban evasion. <laughs> oh, man. Despite the fact that he was actually unbanned, there was no actual ban evasion. <laughs> well, that so would have been know, racist. You know any of that, of that, <laughs> of that chunk of the story? Because it was only kind of pulling clips that I heard that or realized it. That he was like unbanned and rebanned. Do you think that somebody else unbanned him who also has admin privileges, and then Ryan rebanned him? Yes. Yeah, I guess I didn't. Um, I, I guess I didn't actually catch that part when they were talking about it in Rare Encounter, because I I had just assumed that it was um, uh, just like a, a perma ban, like because I've seen it in the chat room where Harry will join and then he's automatically kicked. So I, yeah. I, that's what I thought they were talking about. But now that I hear it, I realize that Harry had been let back in. And that's when Ryan and noticed. Was, and then he was banned again. Yes. Banned again. Well, yeah, I think, I think Darren unbanned him and then Ryan rebanned him. That's just kind of one of those uh, rabbit season, duck season things that could go on forever, really infinitely, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> once you have two mods that disagree about an exact thing that they both can change. Um, it's kind of like, wow, this could really flip on and off forever. Unless one mod has m- more mod privileges and uh, revokes the mod privileges of the other one. Ah, I see. Which is a, what a, I also think happened. It's a mod pack order. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess in clip two, and you heard uh, Abel Kirby say, you know, I think they'll be back. This is like because they, you know, they've had uh, they've had tiffs. I guess you could say before. Um. There was the infamous rage quit uh, a few months back. And um, some of us kind of don't know how to take it, especially when it's first coming out. They're like, is this a ploy to, you know, are they trying to drum something up? Is this something like something like Sir Gene would do where he's like, all right, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to make it look like we're all pissed at each other and everybody will start talking about it. It'd be good for the show, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so this early on, just two days after the Hulk or Fuffle, Everybody's thinking that's a huge possibility, right? Uh, and Abel Kirby in clip two kind of tries to solve it. So I pledge to listen to uh, all episodes of Grumpy Old Ben's this week. 
Just, just you know, because I know they really want me to listen to more episodes of Grumpy Old Ben. So I've decided that I will. So every episode of Grumpy Old Ben that comes out, I'm going to listen to it uh, at least for the next week. So. And he kept good on that pledge because there were no Grumpy Old Ben's that week. Um, <laughs> easy. The, it was pretty easy. In clip three, so immediately we see uh, what's going to be described further on uh, and maybe become a theme of this kind of thing. Uh, but like immediately we see the taking of sides and the attempt to empathize with the two guys involved. And I guess it's kind of human nature where you put yourself in the two shoes, and then you kind of end up picking the guy that seems more reasonable to you. Clip three. <laughs> I I have to I have to say that I'm on Bemrose's side with this because I mean I've been in that position where somebody has kept pushing and pushing and pushing me all the way past the breaking point, and that's what it seems to have been for for Ryan. I am that abs- uh, Har- that Harry has for the last while been going beyond just trolling. And going into actual like personal attacks and the like, to the point where if he even mentions Ryan, like Ryan just expects like all hell's gonna all hell's gonna happen for him, uh, like mentally or emotionally. So being being somebody who has been in that position myself, I totally emphasize with uh, with what Ryan's doing. Plus, I've been I've been a channel operator on well, a bigger network than zero node and i've had to deal with people who the only way to the only way that you could do anything is to actually kick and ban them because they are so disruptive that you don't have a choice there's no you can ignore them yourself but everybody else is still going to be like pestered by like the flooding that they'll do and it, it's not that difficult to flood without hitting flood limits. It, it is actually pretty damn easy, and it takes somebody who, like, somebody who's, like, script-kitty-level intelligence can figure out what to do, right? I mean, you have to be, you have to be like, chin-on-the-ground, drooling retard level of stupid to, <laughs> to, like, try and flood a channel and actually, like, continually kicked on the on the flood limits i gotta right. say that uh cold is probably the one person that i agree with fully and everybody that's stated an opinion about this sure so there's there's kind of a thorny issue and a nuance here of uh the free speech thing and how absolutist you are and then whose speech the troll room happens to be maybe and then what's trolling and what's going beyond trolling you know i can i can totally jive with the argument of a troll is a guy that comes up to you and says, hey, fuck your mother. And maybe going beyond that is coming up to you and say, hey, I know your mother's Deborah. I know she has prostate cancer. I hope it kills her. Uh, that kind of thing, you know, where you get personal versus just general trolling. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been there, too. I've been on the receiving end of the bullshit, too. Um, how do you how do you reconcile it you know it's not an easy it's not an easy question i hope neither of your mothers are named deborah by the way i just picked that fucking name but mine is i'm so offended no it's not (laughs) it's also why i picked prostate cancer because she probably doesn't have it she probably doesn't have it hopefully she doesn't have it let me let me just i'll i'll go on record and, and say this 
if someone showed up in the green room and started talking shit about Mama Berry, they'd be out. No, no jokes aside. No, oh, I was just trying to go for the Josh. No, none of it. I mean, if it, if I take a step back a little further and I look at this from there is a live production going on, a lot of Harry's trolls happened during the show. And I think it was Bemrose. I don't remember if it was a conversation between me and him or if it was on No Agenda Social, but it gave me the impression that Harry's comments had gotten to the point where they were um, distracting and detracting from the show. Sure. And I think that's the limit. Because you go, you know, look at the way comics handle hecklers. All right? That's a totally different way than they're handled if you were to go see a, a fucking the, a theatrical show. Sure. They'd be ripped out of there immediately if someone gets belligerent. Right. Yeah, I guess it kind of depends on the show and it depends on the hosts. But uh, I guess that's another thorny issue with grumpy old Ben's having the... Uh, no agenda chat is their main chat, which I guess also will come up in clips. But let's look at uh, Abel Kirby, who takes the opposite side on this beautiful little debate uh, and very short debate, I might say, too, on, on their show. Uh, Rare Encounter 86. This is a four. four. Well, that was a very nice speech, but I'm 100 percent with Darren O on this one. Uh-oh. And the reason I hope this doesn't mean that we're going to go and, on hiatus next. And the reason <laughs> is because they don't have their own channel. They use the No Agenda channel, and we. Au contraire, we use. There is a GOB channel. Wow, it's they, just that nobody else uses it. We, well, maybe right they now, should. Right now, there's me, Darren, and Sir Spencer in there. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me what Harry Hamster did or didn't do. It, I think the the problem here is that Void Zero has a different opinion on whether Harry Hamster should be banned or not, and whether he should be banned from the No Agenda channel. It's not even the Grumpy Old Ben's channel. And, so uh, question you know, on question on that is has Void actually come out and said anything yet? No, but I've heard, I haven't heard anything. I've heard commentary that that he's involved in some way, and in that uh, Harry Hamster may be within the guidelines that Void has set. Hmm. And if that is true, then uh, Ryan's a little bitch. Well, I love that take, and in Darren's defense, also that is the take that he has repeated a number of times. Uh, another kind of thing that makes all of this weird right is that we go on fucking two and three hour shows and just uh jaw on about it so you can find a lot of different if you like if you're trying to clip out of context you can probably find a big range of opinions and positions that (laughs) everyone has taken and switched and then also taken at any given point uh but it comes down to what's void zero saying this is his infrastructure and the no agenda channel specifically you know is He's like the grand poobah of it. And it reminded me of when I was uh, managing this bar and music venue, and we had a performer. He was a rapper, and he came in, and he wanted to – he rapped. He did rap on my stage about how awesome meth was. Like he did maybe seven or eight songs in his set, and all but one of them were about how great meth was. You know? That's messed up. And I didn't like that because to me – hit close to home. I had seen meth destroy people in my family and people in my friend group. And I wasn't about to have that. And so, you know, you have freedom of speech that's guaranteed by the constitution as far as you can say whatever you want to say, but you don't have necessarily a right to stand up on my stage in my private business that I own 
Uh, you also and, don't have freedom from consequence. Exactly. You also, exactly. When you piss people off, there's reactions that you have to deal with. So there's freedom mm-hmm. coupled with responsibility. It's a perfect uh, point. The, and it's kind of a, a nuanced position too, because even though I didn't, I didn't actually own the stage financially, I wasn't on the lease, my name of the business, you know, I was the manager, but the owner had delegated the task of booking bands to me. And mm-hmm. so I took ownership of that stage. To me, that was my voice. And you can't hijack my freedom of speech to say shit that I don't want to say. Uh, and, you know, there's kind of a balancing act here because Bim Rose and Darren were both kind of management. Uh, they were both given admin privileges, at least at one point. I don't know where that stands now. It sounds, uh, sounds like that's somewhat changed. But Well, know, this- from uh, what I've... From what I've gathered uh, of Ryan and the way and the way he is, I don't assume to know him on a very deep personal level or anything, but I can surmise that he uh, is not a person with thin skin. You know, he uh, sure. he can he can take shit just as much as he can dish it out. Yeah, he's got a a pretty sharp wit at times, but he's not above um, taking a little flack when, sure. when he knows uh, he's given some out. And and uh, so it obvious it wasn't just a uh, a quick reaction on his part to be like, oh, you said something bad about me. I'm going to ban you. No, it had been going on for a long ass time. And they weren't just simple troll, you know, just gen- general trollings. They were uh, personal attacks. And um, and you can tell, too, from Harry Hamster, from the shit he'd write in the in the chat that he he got off on getting all of the negative attention. And that's why he was doing it, because sure. he was getting negative attention from Ryan and other people that would choose to uh, comment on what he said. And that's exactly what he was going for. And Darren had said it uh, in on the stream uh, and in chats that uh, Harry was a reasonable guy when he talked to him through emails, that he's not the, the same way he is that he portrays when he's trolling. It's like, well, then why the fuck are you doing it? And the right. simple answer is he just craves negative attention because he's clearly not getting enough attention in his real life. And so he's got to do that uh, in the chats and everything. And Ryan had uh, had enough of it. Some real energy or uh, energetic vampire shit. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. No doubt. So in, in clip five, and I think it's important for us to keep in mind, like, no, by no means are we any one of us the arbitrator of what's true and right in this world or in whatever community we have going on and however involved or uh, central or fringe we are in it. Um, it's all kind of peanut gallery stuff, but I also think it's important at least, you know, talk it out and listen to our, you know, our respective audiences as to where we're at, it's like what Dean was saying when you're you're checking yourself to make sure you're not just dedicated to one side or the other side of a you know lose lose situation. Uh, clip five. There's a difference between trolling and like actually making personal attacks on I, somebody and harassment. I, I don't actually know what he said or didn't say. Um, I'm just calling it from uh, I'm calling it from the back room, not watching the game at all. Uh, likewise, likewise, I'm I'm in the peanut gallery myself on this. Uh, just going with like, with like from what from what I have seen and heard, right, and having my own experiences to lean back on, 
I find my I find myself siding more with Ryan than with uh, Harry on this. And I, I mean, Harry used to be like a pretty decent troll, fun fun troll, not a not an asshole troll. And then something happened like last year, like late summer, early fall. He like, got before, into drugs before the election, <laughs> and he like just like he just changed. Mm. Like maybe 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 he developed like the internet equivalent of a brain tumor, and that's just <laughs> changed like how he is online. I don't know, but like I'm not gonna say he's not an asshole or that he's not a uh, un. Oh, he's definitely an asshole. For. But then again, I'm an asshole. You're an asshole. Yeah. Ryan and Darren are assholes. It's it's not a bad thing to be an asshole. Yeah. I it's don't know. actually a lot of fun most of the time, so long as nobody's trying to stick anything in you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> You're like a professional asshole or what? <laughs> I, I just want to comment here real quick that yeah. this meme of uh, running around being like, yeah, you know, I am an asshole. I've seen that so many times on the road and on tours and in shows that I've come to find out that typically these people are just full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess maybe a true asshole would never self-identify. It's one of those things. Yeah, the same self-identifying yeah, I'm a, I'm a witch talk. Uh, yeah. Um <laughs> but it's it's like that admission of, "Hey, I can be an asshole." Maybe. I'm not a full-time 100% asshole. I mean, I'm definitely not. But I'm also not afraid to knock people in the nuts about certain things. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm wrong, I will allow myself to be wrong or I will allow myself to maybe go too far to try and drive at some further truth or try to make the whole thing better in the aggregate, which, yeah, in the long run, you're not being an asshole, but maybe you have to do some kind of short-term asshole things, you know? I mean... I debated even clipping any of this shit or talking about any of it for the same hesitancy of like, well, will they think I'm an asshole? But, you know, you have to at least allow yourself to, you know, come at it with love. If you, if you just keep love in your mind as you come at it, then it's hard to really be an asshole in the end. Well, well like I kinda, that, like what you're saying, though, uh, it's not like I, uh, I follow you religiously and everything you type out uh, anywhere, Spence, but... Uh, I've I've never really seen you make personal attacks, even when you're uh, calling somebody out for something. You you keep it to uh, just what's going on. You don't sure. you don't personally attack people for uh, anything. Yeah, it's usually the 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 people having the reaction to you that are the uh, walking hemorrhages. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I have a tough time sometimes backing down too when I get my feet planted in in kind of a confrontation like that. Well, that's understandable. Uh, I I don't like retreating, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the wolf in me. It's just like, especially when it comes to my family, and I consider a lot of the people in this community my family. You know, I mean, both of you guys are like we have a brotherly bond, and that's when it comes down to loyalty and respect. And I will probably get a little less reasonable when it comes to people coming at, you know, my family and friends. Uh, and then there's also the question of, uh, where does it end? Does it go, you know, are you just going to get kicked out of every single thing just because you piss somebody off, uh, clip six? It's a, it's a valid question. Maybe the, the core problem I see is that 
if you piss off one host of one show, does that mean you get banned from all shows that run on the No Agenda stream and might chat in that chat, same chat room? And uh, I don't know. I my, I've already said my piece on it. Yeah. It, it it's not something that has any sort of easy answer possibly not have any answer at all really right yeah. all i can do is just opine on it and i mean opinions aren't aren't facts they're i feel this way you feel that way and whatever the reality of it is immaterial in that case right yep so i'm saying like yeah, I, I I see where Ryan's coming from. I empathize with him. I agree uh, with what he did. Am I going to am I going to fight for him on all of this though? No, I'm no. just I'm just observing. I'm just putting out my two cents, and that's as far as I'm going with it. And I think that whole part of it is what makes it awkward for the rest of us. Like we maybe want to jump in and defend one or the other but both of their actions really at this point have put everybody else in this awkward position of not being able to defend either of them because they've created this lose-lose scenario Uh, both in their own weird individual ways they've kind of come to it so it was basically it was a private conversation that i feel should have stayed a private conversation but yeah it immediately uh, just jump to the troll room, jump to no agenda social, it's jump to the airtime. Um, yeah, and even even the donor segment a couple of times on no agenda, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, only once specifically, uh, and I didn't clip that because these are the rest of the podcasts in the universe. <laughs> right. I don't want to break every single rule that we think we potentially have, but. Um, and I, I won't pretend to to know any answers or to tell anybody what they should have done or could have done. I just. I wonder if contacting Void, that moment should have been right before the actual ban happened. Right. Just well, well, he didn't know the ban was coming. Uh, are you talking about Darren? Uh, Darren and Bemrose. I mean, if it, oh, it, obviously well. it was this big of an issue for Bemrose, and I believe him because um, I've seen some of the shit that Harry's uh, talked about him. I've always well, tried not to get noticed by Harry because I, I know that I don't. I just don't do that. I just had the dude on ignore. Um, Same. But yeah. Ryan does so much for the show, uh, you would think he'd be able to make his own decisions about things like that, especially when they affect his show. Right. And that kind of lead, leads into the, the them using the GOB chat versus the no agenda chat. And Spencer, it was you that had said that um, apart from Nick the Rat, like, Grumpy Old Ben's is the no agenda stream flagship live experience. Right. Yeah. It takes place the same it's time like, as no agenda the following it, day. It's like, you know, Nick the Rat is first and came first with that, but he's also one of us nighttime guys. You know, we're all a bunch of nighttime guys, which you know mm-hmm. what that means. You know, it's like uh, the freaks come out at night kind of thing. A little you're not going to get, you're not going to get as much of a, you know, common denominator audience, uh, bigger following people who are excited about it. It's way too much stuff in any one of our shows that people just are like, no, no, I'm not listening to this shit, you know, which grumpy old bins was kind of a nice little counter to be like, you know, safe for, it's not like any of us are full fledged normies. As long as you listen to no agenda, you're somewhat, you know, you're somewhat out of the mainstream, at least by a toe. 
Right. But you know, I get I get that whole thing. But then it's just yeah. In 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 the NA chat, you're setting up that situation where you, and I get I get the. I get the appeal, you know, any given moment, there's always like a couple hundred people in there. Yeah. But that's the point, you know, of, uh, using that to uh, their show's advantage to help gain more listeners doing it. Right. 24 hours after no agenda and being in the no agenda chat. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It builds that association and, uh, more people are just prone to listen even by accident. It just (laughs) seems, and I guess we'll get into it in my next show clips. Uh, that was kind of the strategy that that seeded the whole show and how it grew up. But then there was this internal concern that boiled over to public about, are we limiting ourselves to the no agenda community when that's what, you know, that's why you even exist. That's why anybody even knows who the hell you are, listens to your stuff in the first place. It just kind of seemed like they were trying to reach out for more than that. Or like that wasn't going to be enough. Like they felt like they had plateaued. Uh, and maybe we can get into some of that. So just to recap the timeline, that rare encounter was only two days after the kerfuffle on the 4th of August. And then by the 7th, by the weekend, Ben Rose put on No Agenda Social, he said, sorry guys, uh, episode 181 was the last Grumpy Old Ben's episode, basically saying publicly that he was not going to do the show anymore and that Grumpy Old Ben's was basically over. Mm-hmm. And then there becomes that kerfuffle of, well, who owns the domain in the RSS feed and does the show and what is the show. And if one person quits, but the other person doesn't want to sort of like, I don't know. And this comparison comes up a lot in that show bands that have done that TV shows, talk shows that have done that. Uh, but what happened on the following Monday, the seventh or excuse me, the ninth, uh, Darren came on and did another episode, uh, with Larry and uh, I guess clip seven is that intro. Hello and welcome to episode number 182 of Grumpy Old Bens or Grumpy Old Bastards or Grumpy Old Bands as Blue Douche has suggested it may be. I, this, so it, this is not something I, <laughs> I didn't like this. I, and uh, he had Larry on and I kind of understand the logic, which is explained by him in clip eight. You can go ahead and just I'm going to try and knock these out a little faster, I guess. Here on the podcast today, Ryan Bemrose, not on the show, as we'll be talking about. He has made his exit, it appears, from Grumpy Old Ben's. But today, sitting in, because I think we needed a uh, a transition and a way to explain to everybody what's going on. We do have the one and only Mr. Velvet, Larry Blydner of That Larry Show, joining <laughs> us. And, uh, I mean, you were here from the start, Larry, so I figured, I mean, you're the guy we need to bring in. And if anybody can bring a sense of perspective and sanity to something, yeah, I think you're the guy. So I get it. You know, he was on Grumpy Old Ben's episode one uh, with Darren and Ryan. Uh, so Darren gets him on this one. Ryan won't come on. Uh, Ryan's already stated 181 is the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it comes to, you know, 182, two days later. So there was disagreement about that. And, you know, it's tough to resolve. How do you resolve that? Uh, people start making the comparison to like a divorce, which is just unfortunate, but it's almost kind of what it's become. And, um, well, it's a well, business deal. Right, and uh, like a, if there was nothing deal. implicit 
about what should happen in the in the case of a split up in a business deal. Right. Then you need to solve it when it happens. It's, and uh, if Ryan wasn't talking to Darren at that moment, then uh, Darren should have taken it as a as a no. Like, hey, can uh, I continue to use this name? If he didn't get an answer in time, he should have taken it as a no and uh, come up with a new name before he he did anything else. That's the way I see it anyway. It's always the way with me. If I'm and asking anybody anything, it's uh, if I don't get an answer before my decision time arrives, then I'll assume it's a no from them and I'll make a decision accordingly. Right. And and I think what we missed out on just by having him plow through and just go with it is that we give this we're given this kind of one sided presentation of how things happen. And to be fair, he tried to be both sided about it and he tried to explain different things that happens, which I'll get into with some clips. Uh, I think that he did a good job in trying to be fair, but also as one person in the thing, you know, there's a there's enough conflict of interest in there where obviously it's impossible to truly mm-hmm. be fair. Uh, clip uh, nine talks about kind of how he f- he says he found out how he lays it out. Ryan has decided not to be a part of Grumpy Old Ben's, which at least for now that seems to be the case. I offered him, you know, do you want to? come on to the show today and discuss this, make any kind of announcement. And he did not get back to me on that. I said, if you want to send an audio clip in, whatever you want to do, we'll play it. If you think you're going to be, you know, ambushed or something like that, it's like, that's not what I'm looking to do. He made an announcement on uh, Sunday, I believe. Was it Saturday night? Yeah, Saturday night on No Agenda Social saying that, you know, he was pulling the plug and that's fine. That's his right to do. But that's where I found out about it. I didn't know. He sent me an email. Looks like about the same time, but I did not get the email. So I found out on No Agenda Social that he was pulling the plug. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I bloviate. Anybody that listens to me knows that I bloviate. So I'm going to continue to do so. And I get it. But Darren is so right about him bloviating. Like I had oh, yeah. to smash these. Uh, silence is way down in order to even keep it. It's still a little bit unreasonable my clip load today, but I just kind of wanted to have a full picture that's like cemented in there, you know, um, of just where we are, just like a snapshot. Can so, I, can I yeah, comment real quick absolutely. on the execution? Because I, I, again, already done. I'm not going to presume to know any better, but something that might have helped mitigate this is just a five minute, hey, this is where we're at, this is the information. This is where we are. We're going to take a hiatus and then end of episode, you know, total runtime, seven minutes. And then if, if the, if Darren had wanted to keep that time frame or that time slot alive and popping, why not just have a, a unscripted conversation that has nothing to do with any of this that has gone on with Larry. Don't record it, you know, just make it like a, a, you had to be there to listen to it. I, I don't, you know, something that wasn't trying to uh, just a, within a week replace something that had been worked on for three years. Well, I think the point that a lot of people have made that I kind of also sympathize with, and you'll hear it later on, uh, is that there could have just sort of been like, uh, they could have honored Ryan saying, this is the last one, 181, and then maybe put a 181.1 mm-hmm. saying a goodbye and having a closure, and then... You know, you can go back and edit that episode in your RSS feed. You can add where everybody's going or what everybody's up to. And then you can just do promo of everything else, 
kind of like a fork of a you know of a, of Bitcoin. He could have said, mm-hmm. okay, well, now this project has split and Ryan doesn't have anything yet. This is what Darren has, or whatever, whatever happened to be the situation. Um, I think that kind of, I think a lot of people feel like that would have been the fairest sort of way in in this lose lose kind of impossible scenario. Uh, clip 10 talks about what we've already spoken about, how uh, they kind of already had been feeling some sort of pressures. It's also been talked about recently that while Grumpy Old Benz is a great name for us and for the No Agenda community who understand that, we mm-hmm. also thought it was kind of holding us back from a wider audience because if you're just a regular podcast listener who's not coming from No Agenda and you're scrolling through a bunch of podcasts, and you see grumpy old Ben's, you don't really get what that means. So we didn't pick a good name there. You know, I mean, that was, uh, you know, that was unfortunate. But I mean, I also picked random thoughts spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B. So that was, I've never picked a podcast with an easy name for people to find, which maybe (laughs) I should work on better marketing for this kind of stuff. Um, But so it was like, okay, but I'm going to do the show, and I'm going to release that on the RSS feed because believe it or not, not everybody that listens to grumpy old Ben's is nonstop on no agenda social or following along in the troll room, which is where we mm-hmm. do these shows live. No stream.com or trollroom.io. And not everybody is aware of what's going on. So it's, it's nice that Ryan posted, he was pulling the plug, but that wasn't going to get the message out to everybody that listens to the show. So it's like, I didn't want to just have it disappear. You know, he's just saying like, if it's just a toot, then a huge chunk of the experts in the audience aren't going to know what's up, you know, which is a fair point. Uh, but how do you feel about the whole in, in no agenda audience? Cause this show and all of the shows that we do outside of this show and everybody who has been on this show so far, we're all kind of a piece of this thing that we did not create, that we came to some t- at some point, and then we started putting our piece in, you know, putting our work in, just taking a little bit of ownership and in the value for value sense, putting it out there and just listening and see what people respond to. Uh, and I kind of feel like it might have been short-sighted to have decided that, you know, one of the flagship shows in this little community was plateauing necessarily what how, what do you think what do you guys think about that no 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 pressure no <laughs> i uh well no no i'm the same way because uh how how large of an audience that uh no agenda reaches which is uh pretty large and uh, even adam and john say they they probably have around a million listeners or something right um, and there, there's more coming in. There's also more leaving, but at the same time, I mean, uh, grumpy old Ben's was, uh, you know, uh, using the platform really to, uh, to where, where it gave them a lot of listeners and, I would, uh, was smart on their part. And yet, uh, I don't know, maybe the donations were plateauing, but I don't, I don't see how listeners would have been. Right. Uh, even if the plateau is steady, I think, uh, the beauty of the value for value model is that you can change the value you put out to change your input. And mm-hmm. maybe that's, maybe that was the strategy. Maybe that was the idea, but it was sort of like, Oh, we're being limited because we're using an NA meme. 
when in my in my summation, I think that was their strength was the whole no agenda community. And I mm-hmm. mean, you had toots of uh, uh, I think it was Mythos on No Agenda Social who had just got a Grumpy Old Ben's T-shirt that weekend right before oh, yeah. all this happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it wasn't like they were done. It's like more people are coming and trickling out. Um, but you've got to wonder, like, at this risk of going outside the bubble to get more of, I guess, what you would call the noise, just regular people who don't necessarily listen to any particular show. Like, what are you going to target next? Are you going to go after the NPR podcast crowd or the Rogan podcast crowd? Or, I mean, where are you going to go? Um, besides the community that you've already invested two years in, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that just seems sort of like, uh, I don't know, short-sighted, I guess, is the only really like word I can think of. Um, but he also kind of positioned it. And the, the one-sidedness I'm talking about, even though he tried to be fair, he also very much positioned the burden of all of this and the, like the, he's basically saying Ryan, you know, was behind the decision and everything. Um, clip 11. I'm not closing any doors. This is all in Ryan's hand pretty much at this point. And it all came from a disagreement over a troll in the troll room and the way that they were handled and, uh, you know, I think it's gotten out of hand. I tried to back out of it nearly immediately and mm-hmm. refer to the powers that be that have much more say in anything that I do over on the No Agenda stream. And that would be Void Zero. I just backed out and said, OK, I don't want to have the argument. And I asked Ryan, I'm like, hey, I'm going to take Monday off because one, I didn't want the disagreement to flow through the show. And two, I had a cardiologist appointment on Tuesday and six months ago when I was at the cardiologist, my blood pressure was through the roof. So I'm like, you know what? I really don't want to do the day before this is, you know, get into more drama. It's like, let's just push it for a couple of days and take it from there. There's two things I want to quick comment on. I I'm curious if grumpy old Ben's followed the hog story model where they have one straight show a week and then one show that's a threesome. Mm-hmm. If, if it would be something that would help generate more, more guests. Like, could you imagine if fucking they got Michael malice or something? Right. Sure. I, and that's a conversation I've had with them before. They made it aware that they weren't interested in being an interview show, but at the same point, if you haven't tried it, how do you know it's not, for you per se. Sure. And I mean they've done it even though they're That's how I knew that's how I discovered yeah. all of you fucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've they've done it, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, I, and I totally get that like with with our show, you know, we I'm actually jealous, honestly, or envious or whatever the right word is of the Hog Story model cuz I I like it a lot. You have your regular show, you have your guest show and it's like a weekly thing and you're in a roll and then you got people coming through, you know. Mhm. Uh and then I get to hear a variety of people and like you're saying, you know, some of these people I never would have heard of or met had they not been on the Hogaroos. And well, uh, what we do, it's not necessarily interview either. We just invite people to hang out, and right. uh, and a lot of the times they're asking us more questions than we're asking them. Yeah, that's always cool too. And so we kind of uh, did a half-ass version of that with Bulls with Buds, where we'll do one every once in a while, but it's not regular, you know. And mainly for us, that's just time constraint stuff, like. Mm-hmm. 
I can't. I don't have, especially with all these new projects, motherfuckers keep approaching me. <laughs> and I keep saying yes. Like, I just don't have uh, the time every single week to do one of those. Uh, if I if I did have the time, I pro- I'm, I would highly consider it. I don't know if I would ever be able to make it work, but I think it's awesome. I think it's a great format. And that's what's cool about the whole community. We're all just trying seeing what sticks and uh, then we can come yeah. together and kind of look at each other too for, you know, different ways to, well, I mean, hell if, if we had known it was going to last, uh, well, you know, after 200 episodes or even after a few episodes, we would have picked a better name for the show. That's for sure. Oh, sure one that would have uh, made some sense, but you know, also it's, it's, I'm a silly person and I, I really love, uh, improvisation and flying by the seat of my pants. A lot of magic happens that way. And so uh, the first name didn't stick, and somebody was like, hey, uh, does, does that acronym mean this? And uh, it's like, no, but uh, we're taking that, and now that's the name of the show. And it was all just done on a whim, and there you go. And that's why it's still the same name. But uh, I think it's great just because it's that natural evolution, and it's community-driven. It was driven by your listeners, mm-hmm. which is just kind of a big chunk of value for value, like – What's more valuable than you, that you've got over the time than the name Hog Story? You know, that that's a big-ass chunk of value that someone just was like, hey, does that, you know, somebody accidentally gave you that value. That's what's so cool about having the interaction with the audiences and kind of letting them drive it. And you've got to be in tune, you know. That doesn't mean you pander to every single person who says anything ever. But at the same time, you do have to have an open mind and have your ears open for that kind of those kind of signals. Oh and, yeah, of uh, course. And and you know, uh, it's in my opinion, it's not it's not displaying authoritarianism when you kick out or ban a troll, especially right. when you're doing a live show, which takes a lot of energy itself to hold concentration, not be distracted by a chat room or anything right. else. You got somebody that's constantly mentioning you and making the little uh, thing pop up saying you got a notification or whatever on in your chat. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, it's human nature to read that shit. And that it's a further distraction. And to me, the, the show would take priority over that. And if you're maintaining a decent show, you kick the motherfucker out. Agreed. I mean, well, you know, a show is not a public square. Let's be very clear about that. A show... Like you are hosting it like if you were hosting a party or if you were hosting uh, a meeting or if you were hosting mm-hmm. anything else and somebody one person is fucking it up for all of the rest of the people in there, then the host is actually obligated to point at the person making a wreck and say, fuck out of here, man. Like, yeah, you, know. you got freedom of speech. You still got freedom yeah. of speech. You just can't say that shit here. And maybe you say, fuck out of here, come try it again next week. Maybe you say, fuck out of here for a month. Maybe you say, fuck out of here forever. I don't know. The host has to have at least some leeway to make those decisions. And maybe you say, fuck out of here forever. And then a couple weeks later say, all right, well, you know, we're going to give you another try. I know I said, fuck out of here forever, but maybe we'll give you another try. And this there is- just has to be all options on the table for the host to be able to control the show. And when it's two hosts, the, the hosts should really have each other's back. Do they have to agree on what's happening? No, but they should at least have each other's back to where uh, they discuss it and hear each other out before sure. any rash decisions like stopping the show altogether are made. I, I would agree with that. Um, and, uh, and this, this is where a lot of my frustrations come in because 
Um, we've been told that Darren had, had had tried to have that conversation in the back channels, but for me personally, all I was seeing was comments originally, and this is sort of a paraphrase. It wasn't every single comment, but it was enough of them that he couldn't stand to hear another word out of the would-be authoritarian's mouth. Sure. And I, mean, I, I just, I, that's really disingenuous, and this is something I've touted around multiple times in the fucking chats, is that to compare this fucking podcaster who kicked someone out of this chat room, maybe permanently, to the same pedigree as these would-be dictators in New York and Oregon and California is bullshit. It seems like a leap for sure. Yeah. Um, an unreasonable leap. Um, let me try to bang some more clips out. I, I apologize for how many clips I got, but um, I did want to also be fair to Darren and, and kind of explore his arguments too. Well, yeah, and that's the problem with a lot of it is, uh, I well, myself anyway, uh, and is I like both of them. I like you, Ryan a lot. I like Darren try, a lot. You try to go to a show like Grumpy Old Vins and a guy like Darren and clip clips <laughs> out of what is essentially two and a half hours of two dozen run on sentences. Good luck with you, man. Good luck with you. <laughs> Clip 12. I don't know if there's just a misunderstanding on Ryan's part or not. Uh, for those that are on no agenda social, they may have seen that I responded to him and said, well, I'll be doing the show with Larry and then with Gene and we'll be morphing into something else. And Ryan posted something about how it wasn't going to be, the grumpy old Ben's that they all knew and loved and that I was doing something that he asked me specifically not to. He has since deleted that. So I hope that right. he is maybe realized he was incorrect on that particular case. Um, again, I would have much rather he been on today or at least sent in an audio explaining what he wanted and that didn't happen. So there's really not much I can do there. It Not everything is black and white. I'm sure everybody out there that has ever had a disagreement with somebody. It's very rare that it's just like, you know, hey, water is wet. No, it's not. Oh, wait, no, you've proven it right. It's not a simple thing. Everything is nuanced. Well, so I like that he took that position because that was the position I was trying to convey in the chat on the Monday that it happened, you know, of kind of like, it's difficult. And I gave my whole, I, you know, ran a music video, uh, venue story to just kind of just demonstrate and and it's funny because he was like not all not all arguments are water is wet it's over I'm right because in the chat he had been arguing oh well all doors are hard sometimes facts are facts you know to me at the time and so it was funny to hear him say that different position that kind of like I had felt like I was bringing into the troll room because when he said doors are hard I like turned around and I'm like dude I have a holocaust soft wood door that my tiny wife has been able to knock a hole in before. So <laughs> you can't tell me, like, it depends on your definition of hard. Like, why'd you give me such an easy example to break down? Not all doors are hard. Have you ever slept in a tent? Does it have a door? Well, kind of, but it's not hard. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe is, the, the doors as a hard band. It's, it's like, a, <laughs> 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 there's just like, there's just so much nuance. So I'm glad that he has accepted that sort of like, multifaceted hey you know it's not really as easy or cut and dry as maybe i thought it was at first you know like uh and then clip 13 uh he does take some ownership too which to be I wanted to be, on it. yeah sorry sorry i just wanted to be fair to darren you know and and pull these parts where he is trying to take some ownership uh in these ways to be fully honest harry hamster is a dick but that's not the 
point. <laughs> you know, it was that he was nonstop. He was vicious. And I am a little bit more personally involved, not just because I did the podcast here with Ryan, but because I totally misread the situation. And I wanted to make that clear to everybody involved that I thought that what was going on between Harry and Ryan was quality entertainment, was guys breaking each other's balls, and Ryan was getting a little aggravated, and I thought that was funny. I had no idea that it was pushing Ryan to the point that it was, and that's totally on me. So, you know, he he does admit that he shouldn't have been egging Harry Hamster on on that uh, necessarily. And then we also, me and Darren share a lot of camaraderie in this next clip because I've been in the exact same boat. You know, I had my own issue over on No Agenda Social, which you're on, with uh, with a guy who goes by Sir Saturday who just wanted to keep being a dick. And mm-hmm. Ryan's advice was, well, you know, just, just ignore him. So I did. Right. And my life has been a whole lot better because I don't have to worry about what he's saying or what he's doing. And that's perfect. <laughs> and it's good advice and it worked. And I was in the same boat, the same guy, different reasons, but turned out uh, it took me a second because, yeah, I'm all fucking triggered to pieces at at certain shit. Like I said before, you know, when you come after the people closest to me, uh, the wolf's going to show some teeth. And at the end, sometimes you have to realize that, like, you can show teeth, but you're not going to really be able to bite this fucking person. He's a troll, you know? Are you really just going to go bite the troll? And uh, what are you gaining of that versus what are you losing? It's a lose-lose scenario. And yeah, if you just ignore the troll, ba-boom. There's nothing they can do at that point. So that, I agree. I agree totally. That should have been the route that was taken. Um, So let's see. Uh, 15, we kind of talk about where we're at now. And we are kind of trying to move out of the grumpy old Ben's thing, but he's not really sure how to do it. All I can tell you... I don't know. I wish that uh, this would have gone better. I wish he was the one explaining exactly what went on. But we never had heated words. There's never been any of that. And, uh, you know, this is where we are right now. And this is why we're looking to move on, find something better to do, find a better name, find a better concept. And whatever that is, I don't quite know yet. So we're in a period of transitioning at this point. Maybe male to female, really, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, 100%. Uh, no, but he does mention a couple of times, you know, I wish Ryan would have been on here to say his piece, and my direct response to that is, like, you could have waited perhaps indefinitely until he was eventually ready. Maybe he would have yeah. been ready eventually. But I think stacking these stacking these episodes in between the, the happening and then keeping the episode ticker going up, like, oh, this is the 182nd time we've done this. This is the 183rd. Now, this is the first and second time that post-Ryan show has happened. And so it's yeah. kind of, that's kind of a tough one, too. Like, do you really take this to be the 182nd episode of anything, what, no matter what you're going to call it now? Uh, and I get it. You know, it's like, it's a thing that's in motion. You're transitioning. You got this schedule you're used to. You want to put something out. You don't want to put nothing out. That's how an RSS feed dies is you stop stop putting stuff out. So... I don't want to pretend like I can't see all sides of this, but again, we're coming back to this lose-lose scenario, and you kind of wonder how long it might have been in play with Clip 16. And there have been, I mean, you can back me up on this. There's been a few times over the 
grumpy old Ben's run that right. I said to you, it's like, I don't know, man, this this may be coming to an end because we've had a plenty of our disagreements behind yeah. the scenes. So it was kind of maybe a straw that broke the camel's back scenario where was it opportunity? Was it, you know, ooh, if I if we do it now, then we can position ourselves in this certain position. I don't really know. You know, we we're just on the sidelines wondering on a lot of this. Hmm. But I think something we can gr- agree on is here in clip 17, which Darren is hopeful to avoid, but I'm not sure if we've avoided it. I was just reading yeah. an interview with Dennis DeYoung of Sticks, which you know, I thought this was kind of interesting because if you follow Sticks, you know that this was basically Dennis's band to begin with. And then uh, then he pretty much got the boot. So uh, I think there's maybe, uh, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, overlap here. And he just mm-hmm. made the comment about Sticks, which was no band has ever worked harder than Sticks at diminishing its own reputation. And I really hope we don't <laughs> fall into that. What do you guys think? Uh, actually, I seem to recall Den- one of the reasons they had to lose Dennis was because he started suffering from se- severe photosensitivity. <clears throat> so it meant that he was having really ad- ad- adverse reactions from spotlights, stage lights, strobe lights on stage, um, which I know is not really pertinent to any part of this conversation. Sure, well, I, I also kind of felt like all of these... Uh, big band metaphors like they brought up van halen and other kind of things and it's kind of like do you want the uh, honest uh, truth for me always baby this was the jumping the shark moment yeah i can see it well and that's what you know you're left with the ashes of uh in this next clip uh clip 18 uh as i actually get that one loaded um it was that and then the van halen and the cdc and uh so on uh 18 right Yes, sir. I'm, luckily, my parents uh, had a great marriage, but uh, now so, suddenly I feel like the kid in the divorce. You, know, do, do you have to pick one now. Who, who, who yes. am I going to hang with? Who, who will I be friends with? Is, is that effect now rippling through your listening audience? You know, are you on the Darren side or you on the Ryan side? It's it's so fucking weird. Won't somebody please mm. think of the chill? I mean, the listening audience. I'm always on the side of reason. Sure. Uh, you know, it is, uh, I mean, I can relate with Ryan for sure where, uh, something like that happens. Uh, it upsets you, you make it, make a decision. Then you want to be left the fuck alone. And, uh, you know, a little bit of radio silence there. And, uh, yeah, I can, I can understand that definitely. And, uh, I also agree that, yeah, you know, in a perfect world, Darren would have, uh, waited to discuss it openly and on the stream and everything and uh until after ryan was ready to talk about it but right. neither one of those guys are here we're just uh we're right just, yeah we're peanut know. gallering you know yeah, we're just right. doing i mean it's like it's not like this doesn't affect us but it's also even more like we don't really have a dog in the fight you know no other than um, the fact that uh, both of those guys i consider uh, friends, you know, online friends, all the same. But I mean, they're friends, right? Uh, I, Allies, I like you know? them both, and we we owe a lot to. I've I've told both Ryan and Darren this that not only did GOB open all these hard and soft doors, but uh, when they had the Gramerica boys on for their swap cast, they they had just it was it was Darren and and Graham from Gramerica that had stated this, but 
as dumb as it is, the easiest way to make your show happen is to just continue doing episodes. And that was, I just happened to hear it at the point where I was ready to bail on behind the schemes because I couldn't get uh, Monty or Malachi to really commit to anything. Right. Hmm. Uh, and I'm glad that uh, I heard that. And I'm glad that I decided to stick with it because now I got the luscious lavish. No doubt. <laughs> and uh, it's just, it's so much sex. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I know that uh, you in particular um, did take this kind of hard. And, um, you know, that's also why I wanted to kind of talk it out today because, you know, it's not like it doesn't affect us in some way. And we all want it to be better, right? We all want like a resolution. We just want to get better. That's, that's my interest anyway. Like every show I guest on or put out myself, like, I just want it to be a little bit better than last time. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how how hard I should get into it, but it's it's purely just coming from being triggered in a variety of ways. I mean, sure, divorce is something that's ran rampant through my family. My both my dad and stepmom both went through divorces that I was there for. Um, so I know it's kind of fun to joke about it in that regards and make that comparison. Sure, but I mean, right. that, that was so many years of my fucking life and I just, it's not anything that makes me feel good or at peace. Uh, and then on the second hand, I've worked with fucking hundreds of people from all across the globe. And I've been in just so many different scenarios with people of all personalities, backgrounds, skills. And we're all like just working to working towards trying to make this goal of entertaining people a reality. And if there's this disconnect, if there's this discord going on within the group, then it's it's just not fun. It's not a good show. The audience can tell, and it's just I don't know. I've seen one well, a lot before. I, I feel like, and I'm in every continual or every time it continues to happen, I'm less impressed than I was before. Well, um, I wasn't the only one who noticed that it, it touched you. Clip nineteen. I will say that uh, out of all of the reactions, I think uh, Boobery was the one with the most visceral reaction. And it did immediately, and this was a few days ago, this was before Ryan decided to, you know, pull the plug on this. But his reaction really kind of hit home with people are beyond just a little bit invested in the show. And that's also still something that is kind of hard to wrap my brain around mm. that. I mean, I know that Ryan and I have been talking into a microphone for a couple of years and people are listening, but it's kind of like, I don't know. I've done podcasts with other people. They've come, they've gone podcasts normally. I mean, we're all very, very spoiled, I believe because of no agenda. I mean, a podcast going for what? 13 plus years now. That's not the norm. No. So yeah, I mean, podcasts come and go. Um, I think that maybe looking at those stats and those numbers and just being hyper-focused on it instead of thinking in terms of value put out and value put in, I that's whenever I'm like worried about the direction of my show, those are the two things I look at. I look at, well, what value is coming in and what value is coming out, you know? And to me, value is even feedback. It's like people chiming in saying, oh, I heard that on the bowl or, you know, the voicemails coming in of people talking about certain things like 
that's my litmus test. I don't really give a shit how many times my episodes are downloaded or how many people happen to be listening live. I don't even look at that shit. You can't. You just can't look at and be all wrapped Mm -hmm. up in it because that's not the metric. That's not, you know, a lot of those numbers might not even be accurate. Yeah. And um, especially when you're doing a live experience, you know, if people are listening live, they're not going to go and download your show. So they're not going to be reflected in the download numbers and vice versa. But for me, you know, it's it's kind of maybe sight was lost of what what's really important in the whole thing. Uh, and then long-term cast don't have it. So this is my last clip from this particular GOB, clip 20. You know, long-term podcasts don't happen. No agenda oh, no. is a rarity, especially, well, when you have more than one person involved. It's easy. I mean, let's like not easy, but it's when you're, if you're Rush Limbaugh, I mean, you can go on for 20 years because you don't have a co-host that's pissing you off. That's... Uh, <laughs> And, and I'm sure I did a very good job at pissing Ryan off. <laughs> so uh, that's how I wrapped up that episode. Well, it's not um, like Rush was doing it all by himself. He had producers and everything, too. And those guys can piss you off just as easily as a co-host. No doubt. And uh, just because it's not the norm to have a show that lasts doesn't mean you shouldn't strive to make it the norm. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, you can it, rise above all that, especially with uh, so much support in the community. Yeah. Which yeah, they, and, uh, they most certainly have, and, and even still. Yeah, because, I mean, the whole reason I keep doing it is, is like you, uh, to keep making a better product and to to do it each time, get it a, a little better and a little better. And uh, I don't concern myself with uh, how many downloads or anything like that. It's uh, it's the amount of feedback and, and participation and, and all of that. And... And how much fun I have doing it. Is it worth all the work I'm putting into it? Do I enjoy it or do I dread it? Right. And um, the, the enjoyment far outweighs any any uh, hesitation or dread I have. Sure. You know, I mean, yeah, of course. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a person. I struggle with shit. But uh, for the most part, no, the doing it actually helps me. Yeah. And, you know, in their defense, it might be that one or both of them, that equation wasn't balancing out for them. Yeah. You know, so like. Um, I only have nine clips left, <laughs> so I really appreciate uh, the patience here, but they all total about four minutes. Um, going back to the next rear encounter on the 11th, uh, back to the big ball boys that have been the only ones really <laughs> talking in, uh, uh, much about it, uh, clip 21. Yeah, let's do a little bit of podcast news. Yeah. So yeah, that's it for Grumpy Old Ben's. The Gumpy Old Has-Ben's is what I'm calling it now, and it's Gumpy, not Grumpy, because there's... No R in it. No anymore. more R. So, yeah, no R in it anymore. And I, my feeling on this is that it shouldn't be called Grumpy Old Ben's anymore. I don't like the idea of it continuing with the name Grumpy Old Ben's. And so I, I am calling for a boycott until the name changes by at least one letter, preferably removing the R. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> so there you go. Gumpy Old Ben's was immediately discussed. Uh, Gumpy Old Ben's. <laughs> let's go right into 22. Trying, trying to continue to use the name even temporarily, I don't think was a good idea by Darren. No, it's poor form and it really looks bad. And I said my piece on the last show, I said Ryan's a little bitch. Okay, I still stand by that. If you're getting trolled by Harry Hamster, you need to try harder. This was, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like the idea of Grumpy Old Ben's without Ryan Bemrose. Ryan Bemrose is a critical part of the show. He's actually half the part of the show. And if you want evidence of that, look at how they split the finances of the show. It didn't go mostly to Darren. They split the Grumpy Old Ben's donations 50-50. Doesn't that imply that he'd have to say in the show? 
And there was even a producer that sent in a donation. They were like, send this extra percentage. Don't split it half and half. Send this little extra bit to memorize. Yeah. I thought that was fairly interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. I mean, and, and there's the nuance of value for value. And can you, can you as a listener earmark, uh, you know, can you earmark your donation for only one person? Well, I guess the only way to really do it would be to use the tip function of CurioCaster or something like that to pick out a specific node to send your donation to. Uh, so a lot of these things may be solved in the future of podcasting 2.0 infrastructure, but it does, you know, kind of <laughs> just rock the boat and uh, let's get uh, 23. Cause Darren, Darren was trying always- to, Sorry, Darren was trying to defend himself in the chat. Um, Darren Owens is, is saying in the chat room they did call the last one Grumpy Old Bloviators, and that's true, I guess, but I looked at the feed and it was still called Grumpy Old Benz. And it showed up on my podcatcher as Grumpy Old Benz. And, uh, because it's on the Grumpy Old Benz feed, and he posted it as episode 182 of Grumpy Old Benz. Yeah. So the episode might have been Grumpy Old Bloviators, but the show continued to be Grumpy Old Benz. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see if the feed... He says that it takes time for the feed changes to propagate, so we'll see. And, um, yeah, that might be a change they're going to make, or, you know, he's still... I think that a lot of this caught Darren off guard, too. Like, he didn't really think that it would turn into this, probably. I think he was surprised at how many people are invested in the show and uh, what it might do if there wasn't a show anymore, you know? Uh, Last clip from this one, 24. You can always start a new feed. Uh, well, I, there is something to say about reusing the feed because, um, you know, you don't always want to throw that out. There's a lot of people subscribing to it, and you can say, well, okay, we got a divorce. Who gets the house, right? It's a big question, and maybe there's there may be nothing else you have that's more valuable than the house, right? The feed well, is kind of like I the house. Is, you, know? yeah. you don't want to burn I, it down. What? I've got a thought about that, though. I mean, like, you can do, like, a five- or ten-minute recording saying – yeah, there's no there's no more show, but you can come find us at wherever, right? And put that in the show notes as well. And then people get that when when their podcatcher grabs it. And then there and then there you go. You've got like in there, like here's the link to the new here's the link to our new show and the feed link for it, right? And then you can leave then you can leave the old stuff completely as is. Yeah. If they don't pay attention, well, fuck them, Darren. (laughs) (laughs) But that was Darren's pushback was like, you know, what if they don't pay attention to what's going on on the feed and then we're not pushing any new episodes? Um, Well, it's no different than something like uh, OBDM getting shut down off of YouTube and they can't get the viewership to travel over to something like Twitch even. The the guests just don't migrate. Or, sorry, the, the viewers don't migrate a lot of the time, so... I think Cold's on to something there with them. I agree with them because it's not... I like the house analogy, but at the same time, it's not real property. It's an RSS feed. So the beauty of it, and actually where we have an advantage over it being a house, is like if you leave the RSS feed, you can still say, hey, uh, Darren O'Neill and Ryan Bimrose used to live here, you know, mm-hmm. and all of their episodes are still here, all 181 of them. And you can go back and listen to them, and maybe we have 181.1 eventually explaining what's going on and, you know, saying, hey, we're all cool, we're not mad at each other, all this kind of, like, resolution stuff that people are 
maybe waiting on a little bit that pro- might come, might come. But uh, that way you can still say, you know, Darren now lives over here. Ryan now lives over here. This is all his stuff. This is all his stuff. And you can keep updating those show notes of that very last episode to promote wherever you want in a more fair way. Mm-hmm. Because well, this might be a dumb question, but is it possible to have an RSS feed, one that people are already subscribed to, point to another RSS feed where it just forwards it essentially to all the subscribers of one to yes. the new one? Yeah, you can do that. Oh. Like if you move hosts, uh, that's the most common time you would do okay. something like that. Um, but yeah, you can do it. the The problem with that auto point would be that you're pointing to you got to pick one, you know, oh, so you wouldn't right. necessarily be able to point it to multiple things. But you know, and if you want to keep all the old content and then be like, this is the split of Grumpy Old Ben's. Like on the new feed, you could have all the old episodes on it, or you could not do that. Like you could have all the freedom you want to build the new show in the new direction. But I think the overwhelming consensus is that like, yeah, it's no longer the grumpy old Ben's thing. And I think Darren Oat understands that he's trying to respect that. He changed the art for the last one. He changed the intro. Um, yeah. What do you think it sounds like? Uh, clip 25. Uh, shit. I fell behind. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I put you on the spot. Whoa, bam, whoa, <laughs> Hit it. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 183 of the podcast, formerly known as Grumpy Old Ben's. We'll see what's Friday the 13th. I should have known something bad was going to happen. Yeah, uh, the creators of Doom wrote his intro music. I was going to say, you don't have any involvement in this one, do you, Fletch? No, that wasn't me at all. I don't know where he got that from. Didn't uh, recognize it, uh, your sound in there. Um, yeah, no, but- so, you know. I don't want to. I, I don't want to comment just because of how much time I take to find music for our show. <laughs> yeah, I, I I always leave that up to Lorian because I'm a lazy bastard. Um, it's not easy sometimes. <laughs> all right, we got four clips and then I'm done with this forever. Uh, <laughs> clip twenty six. Over the last few days, it's been interesting because it's been very split. There are folks like Cold Acid very upset that. You release anything with anything even looking like grumpy old Ben's on it. And there's just as many people on the other side, including our buddy Manischewitz, who has been a patron for a while, who came in and said, you know, don't keep doing it. Keep doing the show. So it's kind of split. And uh, I mean, I just kind of wanted to dump the name because it is uh, hard to understand outside the no agenda community, Mm. which, you know, I understand inside the no agenda community. I think Gene makes a great point of like an inside joke is an inside joke. Whether you're inside or outside the community, it's still like not apparent, but yeah. I don't know. I think that there was too much worry put on what the name is and like whether any kind of basic idiot is going to understand what's going on. I like cold acids approach of like, if they don't get it, fuck them. You know, what you got to do is you got to ask the people who listen to your show. Hey, if you like it, tell other people about it. And that's really the only way to spread it. It's the only way to spread it. What are you going to do? Make a post on Reddit being like, oh, I have a podcast and get two updates on it uh, and then eventually get it deleted because somebody listened to it and you said <laughs> that like uh, the coof shots are bullshit or whatever you happen to say on a podcast that uh, doesn't meet the mustard. You know, your community at the end of the... <sighs> I almost said it. 
what you have that's all you have left you know that's that's the people who are listening and making it happen who are like giving the value flow back to you um 27 but i just saw journey set when they played Lollapalooza here in chicago and to be honest it's the first time that i have experienced journey host steve perry and i have to say it was still pretty good music so hmm. this concept that just because one person exits something that it has to be something totally different. And no, I, I don't know. So where this will transition into, I don't know. But it's interesting that there's, I, mean, I need to put up a poll or something. It would be a good idea to put up a poll because the reason <laughs> that Journey works without Steve Perry is because they found this Asian guy who sings exactly like Steve Perry and can fucking yeah. nail it and can actually put on a Journey show that is respectful to what Journey always was and that the audience accepts as what Journey is now. They figured it out. So, you know, you'd have to like replace Bimrose in order for that analogy to actually work. With a Taiwanese young karaoke singer? <laughs> Maybe. Well, <laughs> I, I would say not with Larry or Sergene. Those two have not really replaced Bimrose uh, so I think far. A, a Taiwanese going into rants about tech would be uh, hilarious. I think, yeah. For GOB. Or maybe he's Philippines. It. I can't remember now. Maybe maybe I just outed myself as a racist this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just again. referred to him as a Taiwanese. So, uh, you know. <laughs> Pretty racist myself, I guess. Um, so I'm quite proud of Clip 28 because I earned a special designation. <laughs> the, the most hilarious thing about the the Grumpy Old Ben's War of 2021 was when Spencer of the Bowl After Bowl podcast came back with to me with, yeah, but it was okay when you banned Sir Gene. <laughs> I'm like, I never yeah, banned what's up Sir with Gene. That, man? <laughs> I mean, I think I was the first permaban uh, that... Uh, <laughs> was ever inflected on somebody that totally didn't deserve it and had been merely complimenting your show the entire time in the chat room. I think you were the first the next person. thing I know, like, that's it. I'm banned from every service associated with no agenda instantly with no appeals. None. And at least when, when Facebook banned me, they told me why. I mean, there was nothing here. You've been banned by Facebook? Of course. Facebook and Twitter both. <laughs> of course. Like this is, yeah, I guess it is. If you have any kind of uh, dangerous opinions, that's that's par for the course now. And I think you were the first person that ever took a joke sixty second kick and turned it into a lifetime ban. You are good. Yeah, so you know, everybody, I'm, I'm like, I'm I'm the most hilarious now, in my opinion. <laughs> I would give that to Cold Acid and Abel Curvy who said some hilarious bans over there uh, about it, but. I don't know how Darren O nailed my voice. That's what I'm really irritated about. He's clearly been practicing. Ah, <laughs> uh, clearly. Well, I mean, uh, at least you're on his radar. There's that. <laughs> yeah, you know. Shit, uh, man. I got every every episode that he's done since uh, since they came back. Yeah. With uh, Larry, with Sir Gene, with uh, Chris's 100th extravaganza. <laughs> And uh, yeah, well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be right or complete without clip twenty nine uh, mentioning the boobs once again. Boobery, I didn't call you a liar. I said that you were incorrect. And pulling out a response that I said in the troll room, 
doesn't really change anything. It, you don't know what's happening behind scenes, what other people are saying. You don't see everything. And this is how these kind of things uh, can quickly. Go ahead and ban them. Just ban them. Ban them permanently. <laughs> right? Like you did to me. Right. Per- permanently. Gone. I still can't get in there. I mean, I swear, I just tried. I can't get in there. So I'm clearly permabanned. So you're not a Ben then if you can't figure out how to get into the IRC room. You know, lucky for me, I I take truth over facts. So beautiful. We choose, well, we choose truth over facts. Yeah. I thought it was like <laughs> shiveringly interesting uh, how under his skin you seem to have gotten, man. Uh, especially when it comes to like direct proof of what was said and when. And uh, that's what, you know, I'm not interested in like rehashing it to that particular extent necessarily, or maybe like. I would rather I'm I'm really looking forward to Bimrose coming on behind the schemes coming up. Now is that tomorrow? Uh it should be. I should actually confirm with him. And maybe we can yes. get a little bit more balance on the other side of like what what's what the future holds cuz I think that we kind of have now established what the past has been. Mm-hmm. Um and I just wanted to bring those clips today to kind of have sort of a from one idiot's perspective, like the whole kind of arc of it. And don't, con- that, don't consider uh, yourself alone and idiot dumb. Where they no, with no, you. I don't, I know, I know there's a big happy family of idiots around here. That's why I love you guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so great. It's like, you know, uh, I want to like allow other people the grace to fail, uh, so that they can, you know, have fun with me and my future failures, which are certain to come up eventually. Well, I hope they both understand that it's it's created uh, 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 such an effect on everybody because we like the show and because we right. care. You know, there yeah, there's a kind of a dead late, dead weight loss of energy and of uh, creativity Momentum. over it, and so hopefully from the ashes can rise some cool stuff, and we're looking forward to that. Yeah, if we didn't like it, we wouldn't give a shit. We would be like, oh, exactly. well, that's over. Good. All right. Exactly. <laughs> Slash me dances on their graves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry if you're taking that. So much time on that, man. That was, that was an epic one. but uh, Worth it, though. I, I wanted to be complete. I didn't want to leave necessarily any of the twists and turns out. For sure. and I, Of course. That was, that, was a, that was thorough coverage, and um, I, th- I think it's a fairly middle pillar in the grand scheme of things, um, for the most part, but uh, yeah, yeah, I you know I I hope uh, everything can be re- reconciled one way or the other. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I think you know time time wounds all heals, <laughs> so <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there, baby. <laughs> Hopefully so. Yeah, with no uh, no hard feelings between anybody. That's what we're hoping on. Exactly. Exactly. It's all love, baby. Is it? Uh, is it? Is it me now? Oh yeah, I'm just supposed to pass the baton. Here it is. Uh, right oh, here. there here it is. Go. Ah, he threw My it. bad. I was just <laughs> sitting here dazed. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Pick it up. He took us, not supposed well, to took touch us on, the floor. Uh, Pick it up. You <laughs> took us on quite a journey there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, from beginning to end. Just though. a city boy. <laughs> born and raised in North Kansas City. Put your fucking teeth on the curb. <laughs> <laughs> what? 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 Too dark. <laughs> Next. Come on, Fletch. You got to bring it up, baby. <laughs> well. Bam. I, uh, I'm following the rules this time on the, on this appearance where I've got uh, uh, some clips from a on 
on No Agenda Stream show. At least I think it still is, according to Ben Rose's uh, uh, Gitmo list, it is. And um, I know some people don't care for the show, but the the times I've listened, I've enjoyed it for the most part. Uh, and this is informed dissent. Nice. And, um, yeah, uh, I listened... It's not his most recent now, but at the time of me listening, it was. It was episode 27. And uh, there was just, uh, like a lot of things, where just things tend to line up and you're, and make me think, oh, well, this is this is pretty relevant right now. And, of course, I mean, it is a podcast, a topical podcast, so it's meant to be relevant uh, with what's going on. But I just meant on a, on a more personal level and things. And... Uh, I'll get into it, and it's not going to be a total love fest uh, where I, I'm just sucking this guy off for the content of his show or anything, but I do still like uh, what has been said, and I'll just get right into it um, with what he has to say uh, here. Freedom is a broad topic, but it is an extremely important one. I think that goes without saying. I, I don't think an episode has gone by on this podcast where I haven't discussed it. It's another thing that we have lost as a country. The importance of preserving and prioritizing liberty. That's most clearly seen in the COVID hysteria, in the subsequent authoritarianism. But it's also seen in other aspects of life where people believe it is their duty to exercise control over others in order to establish some sort of grand utopia. Our country is built on the idea that individual liberty is paramount. But it would seem to make sense that you don't really appreciate liberty until you don't have it. It's the age-old adage that you don't know what you have until it's gone. Sorry, I had to add that in there. <laughs> For my immediate thought was, I thought I'd listen to this, but that was cheesy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to add that in there. And, it, you know, it was still uh, pertinent to even what we were discussing earlier uh, in this episode. And so I was glad that I took these clips um, because they, it still all, all ties together. And... Uh, I, I mean, he is right. There is stuff that's slipping away from us. And can we do anything about it? I mean, yes and no. <laughs> we can for ourselves, for sure. And and decide where the lines are and, and uh, what's acceptable and what's not. But at the same time, uh, his presentation does kind of irk me a bit because I'm not a fan of things that are purposefully inspirational i'll take inspiration from things but not not things that are meant to be inspirational like subaru commercials they annoy the shit out of me because they are meant to inspire you and tug on your heartstrings and and that stuff has the opposite reaction on me and so this uh leonidas's presentation kind of does me the same way and um my clippage might be a little smart ass about it but that doesn't that doesn't mean I don't appreciate what he's saying, and I and I I do ultimately agree with it. And uh, I'll let him say it here in clip two. We are not being good stewards over the gift that we have been given by our ancestors. 
and we are squandering away our inheritance. It would be extremely poor repayment if we took a country that those who came before us sacrificed and fought and bled and even died for, if we simply turned it over to authoritarians and allowed it to be destroyed. Everything they sacrificed and fought and bled and died for would have been in vain. We must recognize the importance of liberty and do everything we can to protect it. Yes, even above the promise of safety or equality, especially above the promise of safety or equality. As the great economist Milton Friedman once put it, a society that puts equality before freedom will get neither, but a society that puts freedom before equality will get a high degree of both. That certainly applies to the quest for equality or equity. It also applies to the desire to allay fear and seek safety. These things are nowhere near important enough to justify sacrificing our liberty. Now, I think the piano music should uh, carry on to the entirety of his podcast. <laughs> but you know, that's just me. Really makes me feel things, man. And you, and you too, can support a podcaster for an easy thirty-three cents a day. <laughs> That's the only thing that irks me is when he's talking. He kind of gets the growl, you know, so you know it's sincere. But uh, I still agree with him. Uh, we uh, we have to be vigilant, and uh, we do have to be good stewards of uh, what we've inherited. Yeah, and. Uh, you should also keep in mind that the, uh, the sincerity might turn people away from listening and taking him seriously. Because if you're saying real shit, you don't need to put that on your voice to let us know <laughs> that it's real shit. Because your words uh, already tell us. But that that kind of goes with what we were talking about earlier with the mask mandates and the and the, the vaccine passport is is. You know, we still have to be vigilant. Uh, right. You know, I could be wrong about uh, there there not being a chance to really come back from it. And I hope I am. Well, uh, that's, I guess let's just say I'm more confident in keeping my family cool than keeping my city cool. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. You yeah. got to have you got to break it down to smaller bits and pieces of what you can actually control and fight for. Definitely. And um, uh, that's enough of the freedom talk. He, uh, this was an episode about. It's never Booker. enough. <laughs> Screw it's America, you dumb son of a bitch. I like freedom, motherfucker. You're dumb. <laughs> this episode he did was about the Booker T. Washington's uh, biography, and so there are multiple things that were discussed in it, uh, along with, well, uh, what a, what it means to be a man, son. <laughs> And uh, I'm debating on keeping the piano music underneath everything because, you know, it's it also it strangely fits. <laughs> Manhood is understood without explanation. You know it when you see it, or at least that's the way it used to be. It is another thing that we seem to have lost as a society. Men. I won't. <laughs> and I don't mean just biological males, but. I mean men who stand up as leaders and protectors 
whose word is their bond, who have no patience for weakness, who, who will do the right thing and do whatever it takes to do it without excuse. Maybe people have different ideas of what it means to be a man. I'll not pretend like everyone will agree on the exact definition of manliness, but I don't think it can be denied that our culture has feminized men and likened manhood to a disease that needs to be eradicated. I was talking uh, about this sort of thing with my boss and a couple of his friends in, in the shop. And, um, it, it just fit that I, I then heard this episode because that's that's kind of true where uh, the things that are now toxic are the very things that kind of uh, made this country the place where people wanted to, to come to escape the bullshit they were going through in their home countries. And and you, you need men to accomplish that. And men that are just yeah, willing to do what's right. I could be uh, also giving away some of the other clips, but well, it's subversion and inversion, and then yeah. whatever the gen version of just total collapse is. <laughs> right, the the confusion and the distraction uh, of, I guess a lot of it is just uh, well, people's feelings and a minority group saying that they're offended or, yeah, or it's triggered. In the, it's in the culture. It's in the food. Hmm. It's definitely in the food, what we eat and drink. Let me have and some. Smoke. Let me have some <laughs> soy titties. Mmm, yeah, <laughs> soy latte straight from the teat. Nom nom nom. Uh, let's let's hear him talk more about manhood. I've seen that some medical schools are now teaching their students that biological sex is a social construct. A social construct. How did we get here, men? are men women are women and it, it should also be noted that women are special and womanhood has a unique strength to it that no man could ever emulate so it's an insult to both men and women to blur that line man and woman are distinctly different neither superior or inferior but complementary our society disagrees it prefers to turn women into men and men into women and thus throwing off the natural balance and sending things into chaos. We need men. We need what has been deemed toxic masculinity. We need that. The truth is that the lack of masculinity in a society is far more toxic than anything else. We need men who stand up and take responsibility who do whatever it takes to protect their family, their community, and their country. Men who are fathers, who raise up their children to be strong and resilient. And I know people don't like to hear it, but it takes men to raise men. That is not a criticism of single mothers or mothers in general, but boys need fathers. Girls need fathers too, make no mistake. But boys cannot learn how to be men without male role models. And if they don't get it from their father, they'll get it from somewhere else. And our culture does not promote the best male role models. No, it does not. No doubt. Yeah, that's another tangent. That's uh, not tangent, but vein 
Dean's been in before talking or pointing out how all of these uh, magazines always reference families with just the mother being there to take care of the children and the father has been, uh, he either dropped out or was ran out or, um, it's a very one sided display of the yeah. family unit in print and in television and Disney. Well, holy shit. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Disney's a big factor in corrupting a lot of, uh, the way we think about things and uh, coming from a, a home of divorced parents when I was young, I understand what sometimes they try and get at of saying how strong a woman is because she can do this on her own. Uh, but at the same time, it, it also, I don't know, I guess normalizes it to an extent to where uh, people don't tend to fight for it as as hard and go oh well we can just get divorced you know he'll keep giving me money i can raise these raise these kids on my own blah 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 and that's not always the case and and i agree with it too that boys need a male influence in their life and i'm i speak from experience where uh, there was a time i didn't have my father's influence on my life and had to uh, get it elsewhere and fortunately i had uh, other family members that stepped up and gave me a positive male influence uh, so I didn't, you know, uh, turn into a, a major criminal or anything like that or just uh, somebody that just didn't know how to function in society, I should say. And uh, we boys do need that. Boys need influence uh, from their dad especially. Yeah, I and agree. It doesn't happen a lot. And uh, uh, I, I thought about you too, Spence, when I'm taking these clips uh, because – I, I really respect what you're doing with uh, building a family. You're being there for your kids. Uh, you're a positive influence on them. Uh, but not just you, uh, Lorian, also. Because yeah. uh, it takes two. And uh, you both are, are really strong people. And you know what you want. You're both fighting for the same goal. And like I said on Bowls with Buds, I, I like hearing... Uh, baby John there on the microphone. That means he's getting the contact he needs with his mother yeah. and with his father, that you're not just setting him in a crib somewhere and uh, hoping he'll stop crying. Already he's right gave, there with you. Already gave yeah. him an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shut up, kid. I'm really glad with how our audience has taken it because honestly, it makes me cringe sometimes, you know, like I just like, oh, I wish you would just stop. Uh, I can all get the noise, that from but... an audio point of view. Yeah. But at the same time, like, there's a reason behind it, and it's part of our mission, you know? Like, and the audience has, you know, understood and appreciated it, and it's real, you know? It's not like, uh, we, d we do the show, but we try to be very real, you know? And mm -hmm. that's just a one piece of the reality of where we're at right now. So it also kind of comes back to maybe I, maybe I don't necessarily want, at least at this point in the show's journey... 20,000 downloads every single, you know, week because that's not where we're at, you know? It's not there's a certain intimacy going on and there's a certain mission going on and you know, a lot of people would be like, "What the fuck's this baby chomping in every, you know, <laughs> I can't deal with this." And that's fine, you know? Yeah, that, that is fine. Um but when people understand who you who you two are and and where you're coming from, then it it should uh, make it less annoying to hear the baby and 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 go, oh, well, these are two uh, stand-up stand -up people that are looking out for their family and doing what's right and, and trying to raise good, strong children. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And I really that. do appreciate that. 
Well, I, I appreciate hearing. I it. appreciate and, you. Well, yeah, I appreciate no, you. <laughs> I appreciate you even more than you appreciate me because I think it's the part of the society that's just gotten so dangerous is you can't even point out what the right way or the best way is or a better way even because then immediately you're like, well, you're attacking the person that doesn't meet that, you know, like, like what he said. It's like, it's not an attack on single mothers to say you need a male around to raise boys. Like if you're a single mother, you should hear that and a light bulb should go off and you should go, Oh, I need to have some sort of a positive male influence around. Like, where can I find that? Like, what can I substitute? It's not saying like, if you're a single mother, you're fucked, but it is saying, Hey, there's a, you know, there's something missing that you're going to have to compensate for in some way. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's just, you can't even have those conversations in normal places anymore. Like, like in a, I don't know, a sterile workplace environment, God forbid, you know, or anything like that, (laughs) like any kind of, um, public setting where you're just with other people. So that's kind of, it comes back to what I was saying before of, I try not to change minds and just sort of do the best way I can. And hopefully it's an example and hopefully I learn better, you know, and just do what I'm doing better every day. Yeah. It's the only I thing agree. you can do. You can't really tell everybody else they've got it fucked up. No. And, uh, the trend of, of, uh, uh, feminizing men, uh, I, I don't like, uh, it's one thing to be in touch with your feminine side and, and, you know, uh, not be a total hard ass about things and, and not, you know, not be the total end of the spectrum of being like, I can't even look at the color pink without, uh, you know, making sure I let everybody know I ain't fucking queer. Uh, I don't right. even smell fucking pink flowers cause fuck that. No, I mean, uh, re- I had a uncle teach me that then, you know, it's okay. Real men do like flowers. Real men do appreciate, uh, the pretty things in life. Uh, sure. It takes a real man to admit it. And then sure, because it's easy to just go hell now, shit now. I like I like fucking skin and deer, and whatever else. That's the only kind. Uh, but I'm rambling. Um, but it's it is annoying the trend of emaciating men, and, and emaciating is not the right word. That's making them skinny, I guess. But would you <laughs> not fet- feeding them. Would you fetishize me? I'd fetishize me. <laughs> you mean like again? Yeah. <laughs> like a different than now <laughs> come and say what <laughs> <laughs> one last clip here from uh, miss or n- not misinformed informed descent a man handles his responsibilities he has self-control oh, this might need the he piano. cherishes his wife he shows kindness to others especially those less fortunate than himself he respects authority he stands up for what he believes in He seeks to improve himself and his condition. He takes responsibility for his mistakes. He seeks to make the world a better place than he found it. He loves his children and he raises them to do the same. That is manhood. You know, perhaps it is the civilized manner, the the valor and gallantry and the honor of the gentleman that we have truly lost. But the real question is, how do we get it back? Oh, yeah, how? Uh, I don't know if those were quotes from the Booker T. Washington book or if that was just him uh, giving his definitions of what men are 
but it came off more like the uh, eat, pray, love written in cursive on, on your wall above your couch than anything else. Even though a lot of it is true. Yeah, you got to stand up for what you uh, love and pretty much just have the balls to, to stand up for what you know is right and uh, those sorts of things. But the presentation is <laughs> is what makes or breaks it. And I, I just couldn't help but hear cheesy inspirational piano the whole time I was listening to the episode. So that's why I brought it in uh, so everyone else could share it with me. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love the spice. The spice it brings. Yeah, I, I think you've, because this is a show that I started listening to after Mita's brought it. Um, but now that you have stated this, I won't be able to unsee that maybe maybe he could go a little harder and explore these ideas with some more, um, I don't know, depth isn't right. Like, Well, uh, I mean, just uh, more, more matter-of-factness with the way he says it. Instead of going, yeah, you know... This is really sincere. Like, you don't have to tell us. We get it already. That's why you're doing the show in the first place. More decisive. Yes. And just, Uh, yeah, just uh, more concrete about, hey, these are my thoughts. Here they are. I don't have to convince you that it's, uh, uh, I don't know, meant to uh, inspire and get you thinking with my inflection or tone. uh, Just what I'm saying should do all the work. And. And that was that. I didn't take too many epi- too many clips from uh, Informed Descent. And I do like the show, don't get me wrong. I do like it. I, I do enjoy it when I listen to it. I just still uh, can't get past uh, the, uh, the the Subaru commercial-esque way of uh, his, his presentation. Yeah, it's been about since uh, June since he released his latest episode, too. So He been- just came out with one, I think, today or yesterday. Oh, yeah? Nice. Mm-hmm. Circle back on that one. Oh yeah, and now for my uh, my off stream podcast. It's one if you've listened to uh, Hog Story with with me and Carolyn Blaney, you know we're both fans of Your Mom's House. Oh, oh yeah, ah uh, yeah, and uh, they had Bill Burr on there, and he's one of my uh, favorite <laughs> comedians. I really enjoy his stuff. He makes me laugh all the time, even when he's just saying just shit right off the top of his head. Yes. Um, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I'm sorry. Things went haywire. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's going off the rails. Possessed. My equipment's but, uh, possessed. On these recent episodes of your mom's house, uh, Christina Pajitsky, uh, Tom Segura's wife, is not able to be in the studio. Uh, she she broke her ankle and has to stay, uh, stay at home. They break a so, lot of bones. Holy shit. They they really do around them. <laughs> but uh, so sitting in her chair at the desk is a blow up doll with uh, some glasses and a blonde wig. And uh, everybody has to comment on it because it's obviously they're in the place of Christina. And it's a blow up doll with her mouth wide open and a oh sort of face. <laughs> and uh, right off the bat, uh, Bill Burr says what he says. It's Bill Burr. Oh, wait. Know. That, that clip came out really quiet, and I don't know why. It's sucking fucks. It fucking sucks. Hey, Bill. Hey, how's it going? What's up, Christina? <laughs> <laughs> she's doing fine. Yeah, she seems a little shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I like the glasses, though. It adds a whole uh, other, like, you know, intellect. It, do, you know it does. I mean? It makes her smarter than she is. I like yeah. it, too. 
It's my idealized version of Christina. (laughs) You know, there's thoughts going in there, but there's no words coming out. (laughs) It's perfect. And she's ready for you. Yeah. Not to deal with any of her shit. Yep. Love her. I love you. Progressive. Thank you. (laughs) Isn't it crazy that 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 really is like... You made women great again. (laughs) (laughs) Harkens back to an America that I miss. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Ah, there we go. (laughs) <laughs> a little, little bit of sexism for you. Make women great again. <laughs> Try only, at least. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> only Bill Burr brings it like that. No doubt. And uh, it, re- he, he, it reminds me of when Peen Trip on the swap or the, the the simulcast to Nick the rat for Chris's show asked him if he if he had ever slapped a woman in the face before <laughs> just like god damn dude <laughs> that's the way you do it well wasn't it uh wasn't it him that asked Dvorak if he was gay because he was <laughs> such a fan of wine <laughs> heavily implied it yes yeah, yes. I, I don't think in so many words. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but it, it was it was heavily implied. <laughs> Pinky's out for Dvorak. <laughs> <laughs> Which heavy implication sounds like a pretty good name for a podcast, just putting that out there. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Uh, uh, but, it would be a podcast about the discrimination in the fat community. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh! <laughs> that's uh that's pretty good i like that one let's see uh what oh okay so bill burr they're they're back to talking about christina's uh blow up doll replacement there you go it's a great put, idea put that on the, on the casting sheet <laughs> big titted porn star to sit in with a shocked look on her face wearing glasses and the whole time she has to have her mouth open yes otherwise it tell come. her it's good exposure <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens you become the devil when you start booking stuff start paying people an exposure oh yeah it's great oh yeah the exposure thing yeah, it's great exposure yeah that was a, a thing that would happen for people that don't know when you're when you're stand-up and you like start working you get booked on these like this will be a web thing we own the we'll own the set but a lot of people will see it and you'll get great exposure oh yeah and you're you'll like start. oh okay oh yeah you start selling out venues, and then you go to those venues, and then those promoters will fuck you over there. Yeah. We'll pass over the fuck over to there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what the whole thing... Uh, yeah, I got paid an exposure for... Uh, yeah, that was like the first 15 years of my career. I get paid an exposure. Sounds pretty exposed. Isn't that what Harvey Weinstein did? <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh. He was a He was an exposure philanthropist, for crying out loud. <laughs> Just dishing it out everywhere, left and right. Would you want me to cast you in my movie? I'd want me to cast you in my movie. <laughs> There's a little exposure. I mean, the the term casting couch exists for a reason. Definitely. That meme is there for that reason because everybody's in on it. Everybody has seen the curtain fall. And if they say that they haven't, they are just... Lying to themselves. <laughs> They've seen the robe fall as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, why don't you put your goddamn clothes on? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Satan? 
<laughs> God damn it. Jesus Christ, why don't you put some goddamn clothes on? There it is. Ah, uh, there it is. Found it. <laughs> oh my god. You just had the speed turned down. Well, for piss- people that listen to at one and a half speed, that that clip will uh, sound normal and it'll throw them all off. Hopefully, yeah. That's so my too. life goal. Throw them all off. <laughs> uh, uh, Gives me some Bird, ideas. <laughs> Bill Burr does have some heartfelt words for us, and I don't know if I should play the piano or not, but maybe, maybe I will if if the mood strikes me. That's been my whole acting career. Yeah, is I get like five lines on something that's amazing. That's yeah. Yeah, you were in Breaking Bad, Chappelle Show, Chappelle Show. Jesus. I have no business being in. I just paratroop in for a couple of episodes, and oh. then everybody else does all the work, writes it, and and all the stars of the show make it huge. And now I'm in the background. Paging it's a good, Mr. Herman. <laughs> it's, it's a good place to be, Bill. No, great. it is. No, it's, believe me. Yeah. If I can just keep doing that and just do my stand-up stuff and my, uh, my podcast, like, you know, I'm cool. Because it gives me plenty of time to hang with, you know, my wife and kids. So that's all that matters. Um, you and I both... Dude. I said something a little heartfelt there, and you're looking at your screen. I was hoping to get more emotional. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. My Bill, you've grown so much as a person. You really have. Something like that. <laughs> you really have. Christina, what do you think? She, she's, I'm like, so, she's shocked. She can't believe she, I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I've been there, yeah. It's so funny to be on a podcast because sometimes it's like, Oh, thank fucking God. Somebody else is talking. I can look something up really quick, you know? <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden they're like, did you even hear what the fuck I just said? Uh, what are you uh, fucking, I can tell you're in another tab right now. Oh yeah. No, I totally heard. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there were some words that you said that really, uh, you know, they, they hit home or, or just, just like a, agree the fuck out of that, man. <laughs> Definitely. Can, can I just say, Yes. <laughs> A million times, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, we're all familiar with Bill Burr and uh, how he how he comes across and the type of comedy he has, where he's uh, very angry. Yeah. Well, he's uh, he talked a bit a bit about that, and um, I guess uh, finding himself. She's totally. We're all proud of you. You've been you've you've grown as a as a human being. You're yeah. you're more introspective. And I only do it for this. I only do it for compliments on the podcast. I mean, I want to give you completely them. insincere in real life, but I on the podcast I act like I'm a, a nice person. No, you're very sincere in real life, aren't you? I feel like you are. I don't know what I am. I'm still figuring it. No, actually, I I I actually finally figured myself out. How did you figure yourself out? Mushrooms. Really? Yeah. So you, do you endorse them for people? I should try them. No. Okay. Because I, I, how the fuck do I know what it's going to do for you? Okay, that's all right. You might be one of those people <laughs> in one of those high school film strips I used to watch who thinks they can fly and jumps off a building. Yeah. I don't know. No, I just took some and, uh, you know, it got me in touch with uh, why I became a comedian. Because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't have like a good trip. I didn't have a good trip, but in a good way. It let me, <laughs> let me know. It let me know why I always walked around saying I hate myself. I I figured the whole. You figured that out. Figured it all out. I now know everything that I did, good or bad, my whole life. I know why I did it. I know why I drank the way I did. Why it ended up getting me out of control. I know the whole fucking thing. All from based. that trip. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All based from a mushroom in, trip. Based in shroom pills. <laughs> <laughs> the shroom pills. 
<laughs> I love hearing people go, oh, I had a bad trip, but in a good way. I'm like, that motherfucker gets it. Yeah. It, it taught him a lot, and, that, and that's good. And it's good to see that he's he's not uh, angry in his personal life or anything anymore, or at least not as much. Because I always wondered about that. It's like, uh, yeah. that man doesn't have any dogs because <laughs> they're bruised underneath all that fur. Take take the dog out for a kick and walk. Yeah. Like, instead of kicking the can down the road, well, you know. Here's a, here's a clip of Bill Burr's dog uh, expressing his thoughts. Ooh, the underside of a boot. What a sight. Looks brand new. The treads are all fresh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. I know. Uh, I know it gets you going. You get a little crinkly in places. <laughs> a little stretched out in others. These people are sick. Any accordions. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you're making some music, huh? Oh my! Ooh, but uh, this one, this one might be a little long, but uh, it, it's it's Bill uh, talking about his his wife and um, how he handles things now that he's he's less angry. She was asking me; it was something about the kids, and you know, you know, when your wife asks you, this yeah. decision's already made. Yes. So, but she knows she can't make the decision on her own. So she's coming over for you to just agree with her. So I didn't agree with her. I was just like, no, I don't want to do that. And she goes, well, why not? I was just thinking, but blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, no, nah, I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. I think we can handle this. We don't need an outside person, but blah, 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 for this, this little thing. Right. And then she just kept going. So, so, so what are you saying? Which is hilarious. You speak English. You right. heard what I just said. Yeah. Dude, over and over and over again. And like, and then she kept saying her point or whatever. And in my head, I'm going like, I've already lost. Yeah. I know it's going to go her way. But just as an experiment, let me just stick to this and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. So I just kept saying, no, yeah. I understand your point and I, I don't want to do it. And it was something we needed both people to approve. Yeah. So she goes, so you don't want to do it. She just kept doing that. So what are you saying? <laughs> You, you don't want to do it. You just kept doing that. And I just, st- I just stuck with it. She goes, fine. And I said, okay, thank you. And then she got up and she walked out, right? And about a half hour later, 20 minutes later, she comes back in the room to get something and put something down. And she's just doing it really fucking loud, right? And I'm just looking at her. And then as she walks out of the room, she just so walks out of the room. She just goes like, gives me this look. And dude, I just fucking bursted out laughing. Like I couldn't stop laughing. And she's like, what? What? And I, I just crying. I go, you're mad at me. She goes, I'm not mad at you. I go, you just shot me a look. I go, you were literally mad at me because you asked me what I wanted and I told you. And she kept trying to say that she wasn't mad. And I just kept laughing at I finally just said, listen, you know we're going to do what you want to do. Why do you even ask me? Why do, you, why do we have to go through this? Yeah. And you sitting and saying all of that. So I just laughed my whole way through it. And I said, you know, do it the way you want to do it. And that was just how it ended. And then the next morning she came down to me unsolicited and said, hey, you know what? We don't have to do that. I thought about it, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, oh, nice. All right. Yeah. And that's kind of how it works. I've learned you can't argue with them Mm -hmm. because they can do that all fucking day. And they're just going to wear you down. Yeah. They're just going (laughs) to fucking lean on you. (laughs) 
And it's like, you're just going to, I've been talking about that in my act, joking, like, well, that's an away game. Arguing yeah. with a woman yeah, yeah. is a fucking hostile environment. You're not going to win. But I found these other things that is this odd thing that if you just sort of quit, yeah, it makes them look at themselves. It's fucking weird. And, yeah. if, and if they're not 100% on it, I think that they maybe think like, well, I need to save this card that we're just going to do what I want right. or else he's going to think that it's not balanced. So, or maybe the fact that I just wasn't an asshole for once being like, you know what? I'm fucking sick of this. You know, what the fuck you even fucking ask me? If you, you do that, that gets you nothing. Ah, he touched on it right there at the end. <laughs> the fact that he wasn't an asshole about it really got him what he wanted as opposed to, uh, you know, being his uh, previous self. But I can appreciate the uh, the sexist jokes because we know we all know that uh, it's not really meant uh, in a sincere way. Just uh, joking, and uh, we need more jokes in the world. I would no say. Slash, forward slash me looks in the mirror every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Samesies. The jokes have arrived. <laughs> But I think we've all been there in relationships where uh, um, you you encounter something like that. Like, why are you even asking? You already know the answer is whatever the fuck you yep. want. So, uh, yep. Why do we have to continue with this charade? Just do it already. <laughs> right. Uh. But I got I got one last clip, and uh, I don't think it disparages women. Oh, nice. I could be wrong. If it doesn't, I'll, I'm sure I'll say something else that does. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, we we all are glad that you aren't such an asshole. But um, Tom, that, if yeah. you think I'm, you've always had that serial killer vibe. I know you look like Burl Ives, so no one thinks that you're fucking dangerous. I would not want to go to sleep in a house you were in. He'd probably kill you with that. Have a holly jolly Christmas playing in the background. And he's standing there in some fucking sadomasochist slash holiday outfit <laughs> okay look i gotta i gotta show you something no you don't <laughs> i like that he just ripped into tom like you might look like a nice guy but we all know you're a fucking serial killer that's pretty funny yeah but women are dumb so there you go i knew it was coming oh. i was waiting ah yeah i was waiting no, I, actually, I think I, uh, yeah, I think I have those. Women are smart now. Yeah. Are they though? <laughs> Did you use the word smart? Don't ever <laughs> use the word smart with me. <laughs> Going down dangerous road. <laughs> Using that fucking word, man. <laughs> Don't you ever use that word? Not with me, man. Uh, but there you have it. That's my uh, my on stream and off stream. Uh, go check both of those shows out. Really, well done, your mom's house. I knew you'd bring it back up. Put a smile <laughs> on our faces. Oh yeah, I try sometimes. Get it back up. It's quite the Ouroboros of a journey. Ex- except uh, I feel that Fletcher's off stream show is a little more impactful. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know well. <laughs> Oh, then I thought you meant in my on-stream show. Yeah, I did kind of cut the nuts off of uh, Leonidas there with my sad piano music. But now were, you, were you perfect. playing that live? I it took me a while to figure out that was you under there. <laughs> oh well, it's a, it was a clip that I that I had cut. Yeah, no, it's not me actually playing. 
Oh, you put it under longer parts of the show. I'm able to, now with this new board I have, I'm able to play multiple clips all at once and adjust individual volumes of clips and all that stuff. That's cool. Teach me your ways. (laughs) It's called a MIDI controller. Oh, my God, no. Yes. (laughs) I will. I will. (laughs) I still need to get a MIDI cord. That's another conversation. Nope. Sorry, that was the wrong one. <laughs> Damn it. You squeamed on us. <laughs> I've been squeamed upon. I know. It's very slippery God and very hot. Damn it. Very hot. <laughs> I don't have like a misinformed jingle board. It's I'm only looking at the one. Oh. Over time we'll get one. We'll get, yeah. one. get some jingles in. It's gonna make the I was gonna find the oh fuck, you're gonna make me squeam. <laughs> <laughs> I like slowing the clips down there. That's a fun touch. Oh, yeah, that was pretty nuts there. It's always an accident when I do it. (laughs) Could make for some interesting content. I did did, uh, like my ISOs also that that I was able to get. I almost forgot about getting ISOs, and I went back and and took some, like the obvious ones. Men are men. Yeah. Men are men. Women are women. Amen. And a woman. <laughs> a woman. Don't ever use the word smart with me. Oh, that's the wrong one. Don't ever use the word smart with me. Oh, God damn it, I did it twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we all are glad that you're not such an asshole. <laughs> okay. But you got my my uh, ISO's booberry, so I'll let you uh, use them at your discretion. Oh, shit. Uh, before I hit this intro, or excuse me, uh, outro music, I'd like to say thank you for uh, to both of you for hanging out and Getting another episode in the can here. My pleasure, man. Yeah, thanks for uh, letting me on here. Thanks for squeaming on my face. Mm, you know, I just <laughs> I can't help myself sometimes. As soon as the the old squeam machine hits fresh air, it just it does this thing. There's this like reaction. It's quite abrupt and quite violent. <laughs> it's quite natural. <laughs> 100% natural. <laughs> and that's what this podcast is, 100% natural. That's right. Just three nature boys talking about it. Mm. No additives, no preservatives, no filler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Find at your local supplement store today. <laughs> but until that time, I'm going to be Booberry Mothman of the Minneapolis behind the scheme. Schemes. Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City, bowl after bowl. I was a uh, Fletcher, uh, misogynist extraordinaire. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so tasty. <laughs> Woo! Uh, thanks to the thank you Fletcher specifically for broadcasting to the Hog Story stream and letting us use the the Hog Story chat room. Indeed. Cool. My pleasure. Hell yeah. And we'll do it sometime soon. Take care. How did we get here? Our society disagrees. That is manhood. It is a zombie cult versus another zombie cult. Did I get you nothing? Women are women. Men are men. We have 
dead people on our side. <laughs> Undoubtedly, you are in a cult. You are in a cult. We are all in this to get her. The unclean, the unwashed, the unvaccinated. <laughs> that we live in yeah yeah we we all are glad that you're in such an asshole <laughs>